Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. The long weekend is over, and what a great weekend it was. Hopefully, everyone out there had a safe and great time with your families and enjoyed the rugby league. And joining me, Boxhead, who had a bit of a good time on the weekend yourself. You had some family over. You had a wedding. I went out for a couple of birthdays and saw some friends and some bits and pieces as well. Yeah, I had a surprise wedding. Thought it was an engagement, roll-up, wedding. Even better. That's one way to Shit. calm the nerves after sm- wow. smashing another remote on Friday night. Yeah, not impressed. Not impressed. Not impressed. I thought they uh, they played fairly well about the Titans, but didn't get the Chockeys, and I hate Brisbane. So <laughs> all those things wound into one. We had uh, our mum over. She probably got me on edge a little bit. Uh, I had a few beers. That got me on edge a little bit. Yeah. I had to watch the Rabbitohs Dogs game, which wasn't very pretty. Mm. That got me on edge. Culminated in James Roberts scoring three tries when he walked out for the cash. And Dave made The salary sombrero for the Broncos, and then, yeah, the remote just... Copped it. Ah, well, we'll talk about that game soon, but uh, starting things off, set of six, the questions. It has been a bit of a lighter week, uh, but we still have filled them in. Number one, probably the big one, and this will answer a few of the questions from uh, the podcast and the fans out there, but uh, the Penrith Panthers in general and just the pressure and Coach Anthony Griffin. Uh, I was not happy, and I vocally brought it out there as much as I respect and love Gus Gould. I think the whole sacking of Ivan Cleary... And him being tired, I think I said at the time, was bullshit. Uh, it was simply a disagreement on a few little bits, whether that be roster-wise or the way things are running. He got punted for that. I think Griffin's a good coach, but I don't think he's as good a coach as Ivan Cleary. And I think tactics, uh, let alone play attitude, and just the way there's a few too many big egos, I think, on that side have all contributed to the way they're playing right now. I think last year you got a good uh, mix. You had a, the mix of what existed from Ivan Cleary in terms of the good attack and then the harder edge that Griffin had um, applied to the Panthers and that discipline. And I think they play their best football when they've got that mix right. For me, watching them play, they've, they've gone too far the other way now. They're too structured. They don't have enough ad-lib in their football. To me, a few of them don't look fit enough. A few of them look a little bit disinterested. But the good thing for Penrith is it's early doors and there's still some time to make it up. However, on current form, they, they are not a top eight side. They are, a, you know... They're going to be one of those four teams just outside the top eight, I would think. Um, yep. that, they looked inept. And you know what? They've played Cronulla and Melbourne, and I've, I thought they've had enough ball to win those games three or four times over. And in neither of those games, they scored a try. No. And again, I'll probably touch on it a little bit more as far as their attacking tactics when it comes to uh, the match review. But to be honest, I thought they were boring. Uh, there's a lot of things that really, really put me off. But Anthony Griffin's obviously had more of a touch on it this year. I think, like you said, they've gone too far the other way. Mm. It's 2-1 out. It's too basic. There's no freedom. The offloads aren't getting pushed. And 
the other thing you've got to take into account, and this is my issue, they're two and five right now. And you've got to win 12 to get in. So technically they need 10 of their last, what is it, 17. They need 10 of their last 17 games to be wins. And whether they deserve it or not on form, you do know that a couple are going to play Origin. It's highly likely that Merrin, Tamiya, a few of these guys, uh, whether form is warranted or not, we know that form doesn't mean shit a lot of the time. Some blokes just keep, keep, get to keep their rep jerseys. Yeah. If three or four of them get picked and they go struggling through that period, they're not making the eight. They well, will get out of the win. origin period, and they're going to have to basically go on an absolute tear to get well, in. Even if they get in, then you're not. I don't think you're winning it from outside the eight anyway. So, no, but realistically, like Penrith, Penrith now have to be in the in the mindset of winning it, not just getting to the eight. And cool. I think now they're getting to the point where it's going to be a struggle just to make the eight. So, well, they need to really win. They need to go on a run in the next month. They, definitely, yeah, they they've got Parramatta have... this week. They need to beat Parramatta. Oh. If they lose to Parramatta and go two and six, it's not season over, but it's you know, you're then looking at getting into the eight. You're, you've not, got going to, you're not going to be a top four. And then, as you said, and you're right, they're probably going to be three or four of their key players get picked in origin. Uh, I haven't had a look at who they play during origin and how many buys they have, etc. but that'll have an impact. Uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting times. They're not a real pretty side to watch. And over the last few years, they've been a side that I've, I've wanted to sit down and watch just because they do play a little bit off the cuff. And they play a little bit more free-flowing football with the offloads, etc. But, you know, it's, it's really hard to put a finger on it. And I think Penrith need to... And as hard as that, it's hard for a coach to say, look, we've gone too far the other way. I'm going to change it back. Mm. And, you know, I've got to look at a little bit of what I'm doing as a coach. And not a lot of coaches are good enough to do that or self-aware enough to do that. So it also falls back on the assistant coaches he's got there. You know, what, what are the assistant coaches doing? It comes, There's a coaching team. It can't just all fall on Anthony Griffin. Mm. Um, and th- these are times when, you know, you've got to look at your attacking coach and say, right, we'll sit down with him and go, what are we doing wrong here? Yeah. What, what do we need to address? Well, the other big thing you've got to take into account, and you know this yourself, coaches, head coaches, a lot of time get to pick their own staff or change a mould their own way. Yeah. So you can do a Mary McGregor of last year and be a stubborn prick and, you know, block out. Demetrio and all these kind of guys and pick a staff but still try to run the whole joint yourself so yeah. my thing is I'm looking at Griffin he's that kind of character he's quite headstrong he's very stubborn he's a bit quiet I don't know uh, basically too much about their backroom stuff but I get the feeling he's just basically like this is how it is this is how I want it that's it and like you said will he change I don't know but he needs to he burned out in Brisbane and it fell apart even though he slipped into the eight and at the moment it's looking quite similar mm. whether he's got good young talent or he's got a decent roster there he's looking to ruin it himself at the moment and I'm not giving leeway to the playing group I think a lot of them have been quite disgusting as well to be honest yeah. there's a lot of guys there's a lot of guys that, playing in dinner suits mm, they have to be a lot more accountable but I think a big part of it is it has gone one way way too much as far as the tactic concerned they need and to get some they got out? what injuries they got Oh, there's probably a handful of guys. A lot of someone the other week brought up Mansour, but when you've got internationals to yeah. replace someone on the wing, I know yeah. he, he's Come good on. in yardage, but don't blame that. No, uh, my, my point was is that I don't I don't think they have a lot of injuries. I don't I don't, don't see a lot of excuses. I think he's getting the bench wrong. They're, they're not oh, picking a bench. Don't start me, Tim Brown. He carries yeah. a utility back all the time as well, which frustrates me. Yeah, basically you've got to go two nines, or you need a utility forward who's got the ability to play centre five eight kind of spots, mm-hmm. mainly for the defensive side of it, not so much for the attacking side, but as long as they can defend that spot. You know, look, Hiku came on on the weekend, and I thought he made zero impact. So. He, if you're going to have guys coming off the bench late in the game, they need to make an impact. But the other thing is, like I said to you last week when we talked about it, why pick him if he basically doesn't have to use him I or agree. he may not use him? I so agree. You're just so carrying he's 16. Either, he needs to come out and say, I'm carrying 16, which I get and yeah. I understand. Or don't you? Or you, yeah. you, you've got to pick an extra forward. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll move on from that because it's 
really annoying me. But the second question uh, for the set of six is the Bulldogs and just those changes we were saying, obviously on the weekend, Frawley on the bench again, just stupid, just start him. Stop trying to play silly buggers. They got Leisha pushed out this week, uh, obviously with the injury. Uh, to Abby, they stuck with Morris at the back. And by at nine, Leisha sat for most of the game. This is obviously what they're going to be moving forward with, you'd think, yeah. um, from this point onwards, that maybe Leisha gets a small role. Maybe he gets no role at all. Maybe he starts coming off the bench. Uh, I'm not too sure. But Frawley has to start. It's quite obvious. We've said it before. Two sixes don't work. Neither of them can organise. Neither of them can kick. When Frawley comes on, they're a lot more direct. The kicking's a lot better. He's a genuine number seven. I'm uh, I'm, keep, I'm sticking with Leisha at nine. I'm playing him by at fullback and moving um, Frawley in that way. Well, we've I want to seen... see him by play fullback because I think fullback's one of the holes they've got. We've seen him by play from anywhere, from nine to seven to six to centre to one. Mm. I'm just going to throw him there for a couple of weeks, see how he goes, and just try and get the right mix here. I think Des knows he can't win the comp with this team, no, the he... current team. So experiment. To make an eight, to make the eight would be a bonus. Yep. I think he needs to now work out who you're going to keep and, and what that triangle of players or that, that spine of players is going to look like. And for me, I think... They're spending too much money, obviously, on Will Hoppawato, so he's going to have to he's take a lot less money or he's going to be gone. He'll be gone. So I don't know whether you can just slot that money that you're spending on him by, which is about seven or 800 k into the fullback spot, and he's which the, is good money for a fullback. He's the only one who's not off contract out of that spot. So, you have to so he's him. the one yeah, that he okay. has to figure out. And I said to you, or watching it, and like I said to you, you want a ball player most of the time as a fullback. Yeah. And, you know, as much as I did like Abby coming for the juniors, what I've seen so far, I don't know if it's physical or just him being a little bit lazy. I wasn't overly impressed with a few games he played. Yeah, I thought he was okay. A little bit mentally despondent as well. I'm not 100% sure, but he didn't look all that keen to me. I thought he was safe without being outstanding, but Mbai mm. a good ball runner. Mbai has the ability to ball play somewhat, but most sixes that struggle playing in the front line do better at the back because they only have to pop up every now and then. But yeah. clearly when he's played centre and all these other positions, his best strength is just running the football. Fullback will probably suit him, and you get the addition of a ball player, which we've touched on. Brett Morris is not a ball player. You no, can spin not. it and sell it any way you want. He's a great player. He's a he runs the ball hard. The support player on the weekend when he scored that try off Graham, that's all well and good, but he's not a ball player. So no, he's a you've right. got two options here. But is going to be there. He's the only one who signed a long-term deal. He's the only one who's not off contract. So he's the one you've got to figure out where he fits. Okay. And I think Frawley, for me, if they're not buying Cronk and there's a lot of guys out there asking for ridiculous money, I'm happy to pay Frawley just average money to have somebody plug into seven for maybe another year. And I'm... I'm pretty sure that Des knows that Leisha isn't... He's not going to re-sign Leisha on the money that he's currently on. No, no way in the world. So I, I wouldn't move him by to nine just to push Leisha out. I think you just got to bite the bullet with Leisha. He's a good defender. He, yeah. He's okay. He's a solid footballer. He's not what they what they thought he was going to be. I think he is. I, I stick by what well, I you're said. Right. You're Josh right. Reynolds yeah. the other way. People don't understand that's what he's been told to do. Yeah. He's come from the Sharks where he was running and he pushed out a dummy half and he stole tries and he's basically been told to dish and tackle. Yeah, what but I even don't when get, he does run, to me he doesn't have the leg speed. Maybe he's been built into the play. Well, they've put some weight on him to help him better. He just doesn't look, it, look to have that zip. Just whatever way he cut it. Yeah, the first question. He's, he's not, he's not going to the answer at nine. So, But I don't, I don't see the point in moving him by there when he's not going to be a long-term nine. So for me, stick with Leisha. Give him some time. He may... and. You know, maybe they need to say to him, "We're going to play a different style with you. Try, try playing this way and see if it doesn't work or change the the view that they've got on Leisha." But to me, you could move Reynolds to nine if you got someone like Kieran Foran. You could have Foran and Foran. It wouldn't 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 matter. And buy at fullback and Reynolds at nine. Yeah. Like, and your, and your spine situation is looking a hell of a lot better. But 
they, you know, there's even talk that they're going to move Reynolds on. And well, they need to there's, there's, now a, uh, there's now a petition from Bulldogs uh, the, fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, to, he, to keep him there. So I, I don't think Reynolds is the problem. I'm not his biggest I think fan. Reynolds, Reynolds and Mbai are too, too much alike. So move Reynolds tonight. I, you know, and I think Reynolds is he's an annoying player. You'd love to have him in your team. You don't want to play against well, him. And to have him in the middle of the field, he's going to be into everyone. He's been better again, like I said on the weekend, because he's not a seven. And the last few weeks no, with Frawley coming in, he's been better. He scored a try. He set a couple up. Like you said, he's just a pest. He yeah. scored off that grubber. He got a few things happening on that right. So he's not overly creative. Mm. But when someone else takes the reins and he just gets to pop up now and then, you may get an error. You may get a penalty. But he looks a hell of a lot better playing outside of Frawley. Yeah. All right. right. Well, it's going to be an ongoing thing. The other thing, going back to the Penrith one, uh, Bryce Cartwright's the other injured they've got key player, but. Or I don't think he's having a big enough impact. Throw it out there right now, and Panther fans may not appreciate it, but you may have your goggles on. And again, uh, we're always honest on here. And my opinion is, I wouldn't have him there after this year. After everything that's happened, the amount of money that's been invested, and I'm not even looking just at that side. What we've seen, like I know everyone threw Origin up there, but if you're going to miss four or five tackles a game and make a heap of errors, you can't play rep football, let alone be paid that kind of coin. And if you have that much instability off the field. Uh, I need to see him come back, have an absolute ripper finish yeah. to this year. Otherwise, I'm sitting down and I'm asking some serious questions about his long-term future at the club. Correct. I, I disagree in that. Uh, I think he's very viable. I think he's he could be one of Penrith's best players. But you're spot on in that he's not delivering on the money that they're paying him. So no. for me, you're right. I, I think he needs to have a big end of this year. Yeah. It has Potential. to have a huge end of, this, end of this year. Same as Moylan. I think oh. they're both probably their highest-paid players, obviously, outside of Merrin and Tarmow. But, and they're not delivering on elite status. So they, they need to be the two that are impacting the result the most each week. And I think, to me, it looks like it's Pete Wallace. You know, it's guys like that that are getting paid. Campbell Gillard yeah. doing solid jobs. Just really, really rough and Isaiah solid players. Isaiah Yeo does his great. job. Um, there's a lot of guys that just do their job. But uh, we'll move on from those two again. Plenty of talk about them, obviously. All the Doggies fans, yeah, they probably get frustrated hearing us talk about them. But they frustrate me when I watch them. But I think everyone's now buying into what we're saying two years ago. So We've been saying it for yeah. three years. Move on. Now, but, um, coaches, uh, not something I really want to talk about. Most people have steered the ship a little bit here. But there's been a bit of a talk uh, maybe about Neil Henry. I think with all the injuries, you can't say he's under pressure. I looked at their list again before I left home. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, what injury list you're talking about? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't point the finger at somebody. I think he's under pressure. Because I think he can be under pressure, but just he's one of the only ones who has a real excuse. They're, they've got so many bloody injuries, and it just seems to happen every week. It happened again on the weekend. Max King broke his hand in the first tackle he was on the field and got concussed. Yeah, but the way they played on the weekend made me feel a lot better about the team. I, look, in the last few weeks, I haven't felt like there's been a great deal of effort put in. Like the game against Canberra, that was boys against men, and I, I felt like they quit, they gave up. Um, it, whereas... I feel like on Friday night they had a real dig. So as long as I see that every week, I don't have a, have an issue with Henry and I. I can cop, you know, the fact he's got a lot of injuries. But is he under pressure? Yes. Do I think he gets sacked? No. Do I think he deserves to get sacked? No. But he is under some pressure. Yeah. They made the eight last year, and he's he's had you know some key signings come in. Obviously, once they get on the field, the pressure's no, going to mount a little bit more. But I think it's more going to be the pressure's going to go onto blokes like Jared Hayne and. These types that are getting paid the big money yeah. start to deliver. I think Ash Taylor's had a real slow start to the year. I think Kane Elgy's been playing better than him. I thought that was Ash Taylor's, well, by far and away, his best game on Friday night. And we almost beat the Broncos. So, you know, a little bit of second-year syndrome maybe for Ash Taylor. And that was obviously a concern coming into the comp. But, yeah, they need to play better. Uh, I even think Ryan James has been a little bit down on form. It was 
probably his best game on Friday night as well. I think Jared Wallace has outshone him in the middle of the field for the Titans. And I think they need to sort out Nathan Peets. They, they need to sign Nathan Peets up because he's going to be the New South Wales hooker, well, who in else? my opinion. My big opinion on that as well, about when you look at the market, who are you buying? No, you can't buy anyone. We need to sign Nathan There's Peets up now on good money. Not many nines. Now. I wouldn't pay ridiculous. I'm not paying overs, though. But I'm, How much would you pay Nathan Peets? They were talking that whatever they brought in there on, they've offered less. What which, did they bring in there on? Well, they were talking that the Eels contract that they picked up for the rest of the year was somewhere around, like the total contract was closer to six and I think they picked up maybe 200. And I think this year there was talk it was like 450 that he was going to get with the year they added on and then it was going to be renegotiated. So if that's talking less than 450, they're not going to have it. Um, I'd give him seven. I'd give him six. I'd give him seven. And that's mainly he's gonna be, he's... injuries. Injuries worry me. If that's I, true. If I was given seven like you, there's got to be incentives. I want games and brackets yeah, yeah, and right things on. like that. I'd guarantee at least 550, 600, but if he wants to push the money... And well, I'd guarantee him five. Say if you play 18 games, you get six, yeah. and if you play Origin, you get seven. Yeah, and we know that Parramatta's snooping around. Even though they've got Pritchard, they've got problems with DeGoyce's concussions. Yeah, that shit me a little bit too. Sort it out, Gold Coast. Yeah. We need to get our nine sorted out because, as you said, we don't have another one there, and no. there's not one on the market, really. Well, and so. Parramatta's only got one because King's injured like he always is, and DeGoyce is going to retire there exactly. from concussions. So what do you think they're going to do? They're going to keep Pritchard as their backup on low coin. And basically, like I said the other week, Arthur almost feels guilt and still basically brought it up that that's one of the worst things he's done and he had to do it is letting Pete's go. Yeah. So he'll get him back if the Titans don't act. Um, moving on from that, fourth tackle, Cleary and releasing Moses. Uh, I don't have a problem with it and I would get rid of him if he's not happy. Plus you're not going to have him next year but I don't understand why there's no talk of a player swap. I know Kevin Mulder's come out last night and said, yeah, for somebody like Gutherson. That, to me, makes no sense. No, they need a back row. He's not going to play him in the halves. He's not a half, and you don't need him as a fullback. You don't know if you're losing Tedesco, whether that's possible that they do know. Maybe they do know. I don't know. I'll but tell you who I'm asking he's for. He's not your fullback. Oh, Bo Scott. Bo Scott. What, you reckon a tough veteran to bring at this point? Yeah, I just think more for the culture of the club. I'm saying to... Depends I'm picking the up the phone. I'm saying, right, I'll, I'll just say, for this year, I'll swap you. I'll just swap you. Swap you the whatever you know, whatever the contract is, to swap it. We'll give you Moses. You've obviously got uh, space in your cap for Moses. We've got space in our cap for Bo Scott. Mm. Give us Bo Scott, and then maybe one of the what, a twenties kid they like, or well, someone like that. That's what I was going to say. To you. The other thing we know is if you ask for someone, they also have to agree because it'll be like we'll pick you up this year, yeah. And then yeah, but Bo Scott looks angry as all hell. Oh, he's yeah. playing off the bench. There's obviously things going on there, but and the Brad player. Arthur's saying he's not really going to be in my long term future. The, yeah, but he hurt his calf. The other one, maybe Nathan Brown. Yeah, but he's already been there. He left there originally. My thing is... Yeah, I, I don't know, but, but why did he leave there? Did he leave there for better money or opportunity nah, elsewhere? Like, the club's was, changing. He was a bit loose. I'd, I'd rather Nathan Brown than Aaron Woods. Oh, I'd rather get Nathan Brown on the cheap, but I'd be more what you said. I watched their 20s play the other day, Paramount. They've got a few good-looking youngsters uh, in that side. I'd, I'd just get something. That's more what I'm getting at. To yet. me, for Cleary to let it... If I'm Ivan Cleary, to let Moses go, I've got to get the better end of the deal. I want something. You need to give me something that makes me feel as though I'm getting yeah. something in return. But if I'm losing, we're going to lo- they're going to lose him at the end of the year. That's I what know I'm that. So I, I know, but anything. I'm not letting him go this year. Stick it up your ass, Paramount. That's no, what I'm getting. That's, at. If I'm, I'm putting the gun in and saying you yeah. guys think you can play finals, you want him now. I want to talk to these two twenty kids, or I want to talk to Manu Mo, somebody who's willing to come over. If they're not willing to come, that's fair enough. I, oh, I pick the yeah. phone up again and I go, "Well, guess I don't what? know whether I want Manu Mo just from a culture standpoint. I want Bo Scott. Or Bo Scott will go in there and crack some heads." and give you that real hard edge, teach them how to train properly, teach them how to behave properly. I think there's a lot of guys there that 
who've just had dog shit leadership around them for too long, mm. you know, with your likes of Moses and Farrah and Woods, and like, the, the way that they're shopping themselves around is ridiculous. Nah. He'd get in there and I, I reckon he'd bump a few heads together, Bo Scott, and he'd be an ally for, for uh, Ivan Cleary. You've that's got, just from my yeah. outside looking in. That's my opinion. I, I'd be going after Bo Scott, the flip and I'd be it, pinching one or two of their good 20s kids. The flip of it's what I said, though. He'd have to agree, number one. And yeah, then correct, the second yeah. part is he might say, I'm not going to agree unless I get another year on top. So. Well, might, the first conversation I'd have, ring and say, right, what's your, what are your plans long-term for Bo Scott? Okay, Brad Arthur might say, look, he's here for another this year and then next year, and we've got plans for him. Okay, done. Put the phone down. If, it, if it's a conversation he's off at the end of this year or we're trying to move him on or he's not in our starting side and not in plans to start next year, then we start and you, and you go and communicate that to Bo Scott, he's probably going to go, well, I'd rather go to the Tigers, play another two years, start for the same money. Mm. Similar sort of team. I don't think Parramatta are that much better than the Tigers, really. Oh. I, I think once they start, once they move this cancer on that they've got in these players that are entitled and think they... They're worth more than what they are, and they get some guys in that are actually going to perform. They need some I think you'll see, a, you'll see an improvement in the Tigers. Oh, I think they're to move Woods on and move Moses on and get you know a couple of guys off the mark, I think their football's going to improve Tedesco, to move all this distraction away. Tedesco is the only one, like I said, really at the start I'd want to keep. And I don't have a problem with Brooks because I think he's been drowned out by all the people around him, and he's a quieter character. Yeah, so um, you just need one good half. We need to pick up one of these halves off the market, pair him with Brooks... You have to keep Tedesco. That's the non-negotiable. And then if you if you're you're good enough to do that, whether you lose Woods or not, I don't think it makes a big deal because I think you can get get two really good front rows for that. Oh, you can get two good props for that. Let's move off that bench. But uh, number five, the Roosters. There was talk if they did miss out on Tedesco, which would be a hell of a signing. That Dugan might be in the frame. And to be honest, I don't think that's a bad move from their perspective. We talked about the money again. Uh, would that be an issue? Probably not with the uh, setup over there. They always have a way to find some extra money in third parties that wouldn't hit them like it would the Dragons. But And Michael Gordon isn't a ball-playing fullback, no. so they've got a system there at the Roosters that works with, without a ball-playing fullback and would allow uh, would allow Josh Dugan to flourish just in his running game. I, I think two of us, Ashek wasn't a great pass for the ball. Minicello wasn't a great pass uh, for the ball. Mini definitely wasn't. So I think they've got a history there of having good, strong running fullbacks, not well, they, so much ball-playing fullbacks. They won a comp without it because they're one of the only teams that link their halves together and played both yeah, sides. Yeah, you've got field. such a good player in International forward pack, good number nine. They make up for it in so many ways. So yeah. younger, better, stronger ball carrier. You can keep Gordon on the cheap because basically that's what happened this year. Yeah. Put him on the wing if you want. He can still kick goals. Joseph Manu we saw last week, like I said, the other week, him, Johnny Tulvas, Shek, Latrell, these few guys, you could easily replace Tupo and Kenny Dow's errors and free up close to $800,000 in my opinion. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad move, but see what happens. The last thing, tackle six, Jack Bird. Uh, this kind of gave me the irrits yesterday. You know, it's hearsay when you hear this, but first it was centre was the big issue, then it wasn't money, then you hear he signed for a squill and he's basically told Wayne Bennett apparently he's happy to get partner up in the centre of James Roberts. So if I'm the Sharks, and then again with Wayne Bennett going up, going, oh, they shouldn't have said that, rah, rah. Well, they've got no obligation to anyone but their fans. They're allowed to announce it, and that's in the rule from the NRL, that the only one who can't say anything is the club that signed until the 10-day cooling-off period has happened. But the whole Jack Bird thing is kind of throwing me a little bit. I think it's a bit stupid. He played good on the weekend. He's played good last week. I know it's all sorted, but just the whole, I want to play six, I want this, I'm not playing centre, and then you hear now, more money, oh, Wayne, I'll do whatever you want, I'm happy to play centre. I'm just, if I'm a Sharks fan, I'm a little bit like, well, I'm glad you're leaving, to be honest. Yeah, but the Sharks, the Sharks pinched him from the Dragons. Yeah, because he couldn't play first grade, he should have been. I understand that at the time. 
That's yeah, one of those but outstanding I, there's a little bit of There's a little bit of bad blood here from Cronulla. And, look, Cronulla's pinched a lot of players from other clubs over the years. They won their comp last year. You know, there's ups and downs, swings and roundabouts in footy. Try, try having your whole team pillaged every year, like the Titans do or the Knights do. They, they can't sign a player. Uh, for me, the one club left out in all the discussion around this is Newcastle. Yeah. It looked like he was going to Newcastle, and they, they can't compete with the money that Brisbane are offering. Like, you shit me? Brisbane have got basically an origin side yeah, out on the field. They're the poor Newcastle can't run, chip, can't run one bloody origin, origin player out on the field. No, they're the bargaining So chip, don't though. tell me that this salary cap system is working and it's making the comp even. It's ridiculous. Like, And for me, I, I, I don't like what Brisbane did. I, in ter- I Sorry, what Cronulla did in terms of announcing it. I also don't think that the NRL should allow the team that is letting the player go announce a deal. Because what happens if he does flip in the cooling-off period? We've got another Daily Cherry Evans situation. The whole reason they brought in the 10-day cooling-off period was to minimise the chances of that happening. Mm. So it should just be, for 10 days, no party can say anything. It, you know, if the papers are reporting it... And the, pa- like the papers a week ago were saying he was going to Newcastle. The papers two weeks before were saying he's staying at the Sharks. So I think the sooner we just keep it all under wraps... And you don't announce the deal. Neither club can announce the deal until it's rock solid done. Yeah, but this is also what do you think? Because what if he does flip now? What do you think the papers do this for? Though this is why we're constantly in the headlines. Like I said last week, as much as everybody hates it, no, no, I don't. I don't mind us spinning the headlines. No, I, just I, get that. That, I just think it's stupid that you're saying to one club you can announce it, but the other one can't. So yeah. why can't why can't Brisbane come out and say, yeah, we have signed it? That part of it, and like I said, as much it as matter, it matters, it's, it's still... more Jack Bird in this situation that's annoyed me. That's what's put me off. I don't like it either. It's a little bit of entitlement it's, and a little bit of... This is my position. I'm, I did this. They bought him from the club where he couldn't get a run as much as that hurt Dragons. And to me, is he like, has he really set the world on fire in the last not two years? Not like, standard. solid. Not for a million dollars. Not to no, me. I don't think so. I think he's justified that money. Unless he was playing six or lock or fullback. And again, like I said last week, this is a bloke who has to take special medication for rheumatoid arthritis, for Christ's sake. Yeah get through a full season playing one of those positions first and then let me tell you whether you're worth a million. I probably still wouldn't pay that much. Correct. I'd probably pay seven or eight if you had a full year. But um, Brisbane, like we said, they've got more third parties than anybody. They own that state on their own, so they don't have to pay the million dollars. It's reported. They'll find a way to get most of that off the cap or a lot of it off the cap. Yeah. All right, let's crank through some power rankings. All right, power rankings, basically for me, they didn't change much to last week, so not a lot of explanation Needed, but uh, number one, I still have the Storm. Same. Stormies. Uh, number two, I have the Roosters, but was tempted to change. Okay, I have the Raiders. Sharks stayed at three. Same. Uh, I have the Dragons still at four. Same. I have the Raiders at five. Right, I've got the Roosters at five. So, again, same with the same five we had last week. I've got the Raiders at two. You've got the Roosters at two. I've got the Roosters at five. You've got the Raiders at five. Yeah. Broncos stayed at six. Same as me. Uh, Cows stayed at seven. Same as me. Dogs came in at eight. Okay. I've got the Warriors at eight. Let me be clear. Manly falling out. Uh, the Warriors south. Some of these teams you could argue for that spot and dogs. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think any of them are winning the comp. And even the Cowboys staying in. I think they'll be in the eight, but I don't think they'll win the comp either with the injuries that they've got. Yeah, they've got injuries coming out their backside. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot you can I, take And look, I could have easily moved the Warriors out, moved the Dogs in, but look, I like their loss. I, I like the loss. You know, it wasn't a blowout loss, and I thought they competed for most of that game with the Raiders. If the Dragons would have went on with that 28-point drubbing up to half-time and really powered through, I would have been tempted. But the Sharks did a good job against the Panthers, who are uh, yeah, what, what I think I is a half-decent side, and even though the Roosters were a bit flat... Um, the, the Dragons' performance really stopped me from moving them up any further. Yeah. And the Raiders got the job done again, like I said. Not in outstanding fashion, but they're winning the games they need to win. Um, and, yeah, I think they're only going to get better. 
Yeah. So that's the power rankings. Up to you what you want to do this week. But questions, we're going to try and punch through these. I've grouped a lot of them together. Uh, we've got here basically around Anzac Day and the Dragons. Justin White says, are St. George a contender? A genuine contender. We've had this question a few times. And then Daniel Friend adding on, how good will this year's Anzac Day game be? The last few years, they've obviously been in different positions. But this year, both in the top four, both very good game. Sides, It's going to so. be a great game. A St. George a contender? Well, they are. They're on top of the comp. Yep. So until they show me some form and that, or they get justify me saying that they're not a contender. They are a contender. They're yeah. playing great footy. But I'm going to throw it there, like we said last week. Comps aren't one in the first six weeks. They're not. Wait and see what happens during Origin. Does Vaughnie play? Does Rizal play? Does Dugan get picked? Does DeBellin get a look in? If a couple of those guys get a look in, uh, other teams are going to improve, obviously. The big thing we want to see is their halves keep getting better. If that yeah. happens and they keep supplying what they're supplying, uh, see what happens after the Origin period. But you can't say someone's not a contender when they're playing the way they are. Uh, Robert, he's asked... Oh, Robert... Temazeveri, sorry if I've pronounced that wrong, but he's asked about the training week. What does the structure of a training week look like from recovery to the next game day? How much is focused on the errors of the previous game, etc., and adapting to the next team? Well, well, there's a lot of adaptation to the next team in terms of what you're trying to do with the ball and how you're going to defend yeah, them. Points little, on the field. Little intricacies, but that's within the structure that you've implemented in your preseason. Mm. In terms of a week, it depends how long the week is. If it's a five-day turnaround, yeah. they're really only going to have the one session. They'll have a lot of recovery you know, a little bit of video and then a little bit of preview. If it's an eight-day turnaround or a nine-day turnaround, it can be totally different. So yeah. that all depends on, you know, whether or how long you've got, basically. But recovery is always the biggest one on the list to start the week. And then as you build into the week, closer to the game, you're looking at your opposition and, you know, what you want to try and do. Well, when we finished up, at, when I was at Canberra at the end there, we didn't do day of, but I know now, speaking of Vaughan and blokes, before they, were, oh, before they left Canberra and I went there and watched him a few times, when we finished, they would go to the AIS immediately after the game to get in the ice bars and pools and stretch and do all the rest of that. After games? When we yeah. were playing 20s and that, when I was down there, you'd go in, see the dock, weigh in, take your fluids, and the next morning we used to go to the pool. Yeah, but now they're on it literally no, every side after of the game. It straight away. As soon as you get in the sheds, that's what they're doing. They're but, not drinking beers, they're in ice baths yeah. and they're doing whatever. Gatorades, so. proteins, tablets, you talk to the dock, all those bits and pieces. Penrith yeah. are the same. They're over at the you know, High Performance Centre, which is just across the road from the stadium. They'll go straight over there and do yep. their ice baths and all that sort of stuff. Then and they've you got do doctors, physios, etc. over there. Match function usually afterwards for an hour. Recovery again the next day. But yeah, it depends on the length of the week. But during season, you may do two field sessions, maybe one Maintenance session with weights, but weights basically taper off. Start of the year, pre-season, you might do five, six days a week. Plenty of fitness, plenty of weights. So you get all your heavy stuff out yeah. of the way. Uh, basically, WA, Graham Wright, and people have brought this up, and we've heard a lot about it. With the Western Force basically biting the dust, surely the NRL will take the punt. No. Well, I stop immediately, and I love the idea, but no team's going to move. No one's going to follow a team. He's brought the West Tigers here if they got moved to another state. And the other thing we've got to take into account, and we've said this a million times, we can't expand because we don't even have the talent. And this was the other deal with me and my argument with the salary We could cap. expand, but we need to expand to two teams. So we've got the extra TV slot. So that's yeah. another next year to be 60 players. We don't have 60 players. No. We've got, I think we've got enough for one one more team. I still think, again, though, my gripe with the salary cap is we're just paying the top end again. We're not feeding the bottom end, which is why a lot of these guys tap out and go to England so young, yeah. which would fill those spots that you want to fill. So my argument is the salary cap increase is not doing the job that it's supposed to do. Salary cap's dog shit. The they need to look at it. They need to strip it apart. They need to piss yeah. off the TPAs. There's a whole heap yeah. of stuff they need to do. Salary cap's a joke. Big one for that, Graham. Simply, I just don't think we have the players. Tigers, uh, a lot of people here bringing up Mitchell Moses. So there's probably two parts to it here. Chris France and Kenny Egan. 
He's saying, is Mitchell Moses, who's the biggest loser, West or Para, and Chris is bringing up, did Moses tank that game at the end? That final kick was a shocker. Well, he scored a try, and I, I'm not his biggest fan. I didn't think he played too bad. And who's the biggest loser here? Well, I think Parramatta seemed pretty happy with the buy. I don't know how he's going to combine, uh, you know, with Corey Norman. But my perspective is I'm not paying him a million dollars, which is what the Tigers offered him. And he seems to have turned into a bit of a Robbie Farrell-like character. So if I'm the Tigers, I'm happy to see you at the back of him. Yeah, Tom will tell who's the biggest loser. Yeah, it's a bit hard to judge now. But but it's... I don't think he tanked the game. I, look, for me, what shitted me more was the way that Moses had a near view at the end of the game and they yeah. constantly deflect and say oh, I try and stay he said I try and stay out of the media yeah hello no, hello Mitchell no, you've been in the media for the last two months mate yeah that's an absolute joke wow. and Benny's story he asks is he seeing better footy from McCurick are you seeing this too or is it just my imagination well it's not just your imagination he has been really really good he's had a couple of injuries he's been at a few clubs he's got an opportunity he's taken it with both hands but don't discount Little. He's an outstanding player. He had an off-season injury. He's only just come back into the fold. Little's the future. He's your future. But it wouldn't surprise me. I can already see it now. Cleary's made McIlroy's job what it was when we were at Canberra. He was a strong ball runner, strong defender, one marker. You run, you take the yards. As soon as he's got a decent coach, surprise, surprise, he's playing good football. Yep. And it wouldn't surprise me if he kept him on, ran dual nines moving forward, and it's not a whole lot of salary cap to keep uh, McIlroy there. No, so true. See what happens moving forward. Panthers fans... Big group, basically, like we talked about before. Not a whole lot lead to be seen, but just touching on what well, we, we covered. Said. Luke Tomlins, Mateo, Ben Kirkham, everyone's bringing up the same thing here. What's going wrong? What the hell is going wrong? What's up with Penrith? Well, we'll touch on it more in our review, but it's got nothing to do with the media scrutiny and all these other bits and pieces that people are bringing up. I'm sorry, fellas, but... We need to just play better footy, simple as that. Better football, that's your job. And a uh, little bit of coaching and a little bit of player accountability, but we'll touch on that more when we review how they played this weekend. Uh, Jamie Dutton brought up their lack of ability to score points. Another thing that we can talk about uh, when we review their game. But things just too simple. Hit up, hit up, hit up. Very, very boring. Murray Conlon, your mate, bring up Matty Moylan. Was he too young to be Canellan. throwing the captaincy? Murray Canellan, mate. Canellan. That's what I said, mate. Canellan. Canellan. It's an A, not an E. Ah, uh, whatever, mate. Yeah. He's bringing up Matt Moylan. Was he too young to be throwing the captaincy? Yes, yes or no? Yes. I disagree. Definitely. He's not too young. He's only a year younger than me. He's 26 years old. He's an adult. That's not too young. You're either a captain or you're not. Simple. He's not a, he's, he wasn't an established first grader. So I think in terms of his rugby... He's been playing great for like four his... or five years and he's had an Australian no, and New South Wales jersey. If you can't go back and be a leader in your club, simple as far as I'm concerned. You can never we be got too off young. The, when did he start captaining the side? Start of last year? No, I don't even know. I'm not a Panther. Start of last year and he hadn't played an Origin game yet. Hadn't played for Australia yet. He'd already been on the Four Nations tour. I didn't the get to play a game, so you can't say he hadn't been around it. He'd been in camps. He's been to playing me, first too young in his rugby league career. He hasn't earned the right. He's to me, he's well, he's an established first grader, but I don't know whether I'd I'd say he's an elite, consistent player because you know, like he's the Panthers have made the eight what once out of the last three years since he's sort of been a solid first grader. They uh, missed it when Ivan Cleary got the sack. They made it last year doesn't look like they're going to make it this year. So for me, if, if you're going to be demanding big money uh, and, and be considered as an elite sort of player, you need to be performing and your team needs to be right up there every year. Well, my big thing is some people are captains, some people aren't. I don't know about the games, but he'd been there for four or five years, played a fair bit of football. He's been in the rep environments. He's been around it. I just don't think he's a captain. So you're not making excuses for him. Look, I think, yes, he was too young in terms of his rugby league career. I, he wouldn't have been my pick for captain. I still think Trent Merrin is the best leader at that side. Pete Wallace is the other one I thought yeah, would have I think, been a look in, but yeah, 
If you were going to, like, if you wound back three years or whenever Matty Moylan was handed it two years, I would have gone with Pete Wallace. Uh, and then as soon as uh, Trent Marin came across, that would have been one of the carrots for Marin. You're going to be a captain, mate. Yeah. He's a good leader, Trent Marin. 100%. So. Uh, this seems more like a talent thing and making him the face and of the organisation. And Moylan is a proven rep player. He's played consistently in rep teams. Matt, Matt Moylan hasn't. Yep, exactly. And that's the difference. But uh, Chris Cohen, he's got here. Buy and develop, basically. Would you rather a team develop through junior roots or just buy a team? Frustrating pull you so much time in and money into junior development to see them leave and pay out. He brought up Canberra. Pretty similar, I said about four. Developed all those juniors, but a lot left, like Vaughn, etc. More by them forcing them out since yeah. Ricky Stewart's got there. Obviously, he's been buying people. What's the best way to go? Well, you look at someone like Melbourne. They can't develop their own players. There's no none of them down there. So they're doing that through Queensland and the roots in there. But look at the Roosters. They got what four or five junior well, league clubs or whatever in that district. They get basically nothing. zero juniors through there. You have to buy. I think every club should try to develop. They should. There should be a minimum amount they have to spend on development each club. Yeah. Outside of that, you have to buy. If you don't have it, you've got to buy it. I was going to say, it's a bit hard to say, would you rather develop or buy? Because some teams don't have the choice. You have to buy it. The best model is probably what Penrith's done now, which is why they've been able to secure most of their talent long term. If you breed your own junior talent, you generally don't have to pay it as much of a premium to bring it to your club or uproot the players because they've been there for so long, they're most likely to stay for less. So that's the model. But like Brock said, a Melbourne sets up on the Sunshine Coast. Links in Brisbane, they have academies finding players from WA. Scouts in New Zealand, they're bringing kids in from as young as 12 to 14 just because that's the route they have to take having no juniors Mm. or they have to buy. And that's why you see them bargain buy around those players over so many years because it's hard to get guys to go down there. It's a different situation. Exactly. And for every, every... 50 players, they might get one that plays in the NRL. So how much money does it cost them to develop 50 players? Mm. It's a lot cheaper just to go and buy something. And then you get the Roosters like we talked about. Uh, fair or not fair, they don't have a whole lot of juniors, but they've got a hell of a lot of pulling power and they've got third parties. So they're happy to buy premium talent once it's ready to go and they're in a situation where they're able to do that. Yeah, but also, right, so you look at someone like Penrith. Penrith have got uh, really good young front rowers. They've got Oliver Clark, they've got Moses Leota, but then they go and buy James Tamio. So every club goes and buys, whether you develop or not. Yeah. Everyone buys, so, but I'm saying there's different on. levels of buying and what you pay. Yeah, it's better be rich. It's a bit rich for any club to sort of say we develop every player because you don't. Everyone no. buys. No, that's fair enough. Jeremy, he's asking here about coaches like we said, Griffin feeling the heat, maybe Brad Arthur, Maguire also under pressure, and just bringing up some of the results. Well, Brad Arthur's definitely not under pressure. Like I said before, he's done all the hard times at Para. They've constantly stuffed up and basically left him in a heap. I think he's definitely got a couple of years safety. I disagree. Well, the way they're playing. I thought they. I think well, still under the salary Ordinary, camp. ordinary style of football. I know they won yesterday. Things stuck at the back end of that game, but even the side he's selecting, playing Brad Takarangi, he's six. playing unders at the moment. There's still 1.6 million out yeah. of the cap because of the situation. I, look, I don't think he's getting sacked. No, no. But right. I, he's under pressure a little bit. I, I don't like the way they're playing. I don't like a lot of things. I, you know, starting Tim Manor, he persists with starting Tim Manor. There's a lot of different things there that I'd change at Parramatta, but. I'm not the coach. So, and look, I think he does deserve. He deserves time, Brad Arthur, and I think he is a good coach. But well, after in one, the short term, he's under pressure because they're not playing well. They won their first two. They were on top of the comp. I know they won yesterday, but they'd lost four in a row prior to that and played pretty poorly. You know, and they got Penrith this week. So what he's been through, though, big crunch game. They've kept leaving him in the lurk, and the situation's falling yeah, get apart. That. And he's 1.6 million under the cap or close to this year, so it's not his fault. Yeah, so are the so are the Titans, so are the Knights, so are whoever. So don't don't bitch and cry poor when you break the rules. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't have a lot of sympathy for 
the pa- Parramatta crying poor in term- because they broke the rules. But, but I think Brad Arthur should be given this year and oh, next year. Easily. He deserves um, it. But least. I think he's under a little bit of pressure because the side's not playing well. Well, if they play bad next year, then I'll start to talk about it. But this year, as far Michael as I'm Maguire, concerned. I don't think Michael Maguire's under pressure. I, they were pretty horrendous the other night, but they beat Penrith on Friday night. I think he still before. needs to adapt a little bit more. Griffin, I'd say, is under pressure, but given the situation and Gus being a fan, I don't think he is. Gus isn't going to sack Griffin. No. And I agree on that draft. There's a few people that brought up Melissa Morris, Lucas. Opinion on a draft window, pros and cons, and just should they introduce one? Well, they should, but they won't. They won't. And my big thing, and I brought this up forward, I don't want to get in a big barrier about it, but restraint of trade and its difference between the AFL. You've got people that are separate from the actual clubs. They don't establish a relationship. They haven't been there. Like, whereas if you're a kid at Penrith and you've been selected in the Cubs when you're 11 or 12 and you've played Harold Matz, SG Ball under 20s and then all of a sudden you win the comp and you go to the last place side what do you think the person's going to do yeah. they're going to freak so uh, as much as I'd like to think there's a way to distribute the talent especially to someone like a Newcastle right now well, I think my doing... suggestion is to have five untouchable de- junior development players that you've got and they get put on rookie contracts or whatever and then we can sort of work out a base salary for every player that comes in as a junior into the NRL who's drafted and every club gets to keep five you just say, these are the five that I'm keeping for this year. We've developed them. We want to hold on to them. Outside of that, every player's open. Yeah. That's the only real way I think you could do it. And to me, how many rounds would you have? You wouldn't have a lot of rounds. No. Well, You'd have maybe we, four or five rounds. We watch a little bit of 20s. I watch a fair bit of it. You'd struggle to get a draft out of it. There's yeah. plenty of guys that people wouldn't even touch with their top 25. Only the rare talents get a look in there. A lot of them go on second tier deals and play cups. Yeah. So the draft wouldn't work. There wouldn't be enough talent to go around anyway. Uh, we've got a few people here just on penalties and referees. Uh, Brandon Lewis, he's not happy why the refs are not being held accountable for costing teams chances to win by putting their whistle away and the sin bins with around 15 minutes to go. Uh, by the same token there, uh, we've got Nigel Huntley who's bringing up the whistle going away at the end of the Tigers game, so I think a similar thing. Uh, Little caught somebody offside, didn't blow the whistle. Yeah, that and should have been a penalty. Asking why they won't get dropped. Well, I'll tell you why, and I do cup a lot of the time. Some of the guys in cup are uh, not doing much better, so and there's a good full, reason. They're not full-timers in cup. No, they're not full-time. But there's a few blokes I watched that try to blow the pee out of the whistle. I had a game the other week that was 27 penalties in a game that was actually... Who was the referee? Clear. Don't know his name. I don't care. But I get two or three of them every couple of weeks that just shit me to tears, and there's a good reason they don't get dropped because mm. there's not a hell of a whole lot to come up. Yeah, they want the game to be about them too often, some oh. of the referees, but... For me, the one that Justin Jones brings up here, and yep. that was the one that was shitting me to tears the other night. Yeah. My understanding was when a try scored inside five minutes, the clock stops. I thought everything that was a stoppage in the last five minutes stopped. So kickoffs, shots at goal, penalties, all those bits and pieces, anything like that. The Broncos wasted a minute and a half. Oh, they killed the clock big time. So Justin And we Jones. got the ball back off the kickoff. So say we even had an extra 30 seconds, we at least could have got through that set. Yeah. That that pissed me right off. So I'd, I'd like cl- uh, clarification on, on that, whether... Whether it is that you stopped, the clock stops once well, a try is scored. That's how it should be. If I we're going to stop the clock, but even for me, why the hell are we stopping the clock in the last five minutes? I don't, I don't get it. They're trying to get teams a chance to come back or yeah, you know finish the game off with a big bang. So we change the frigging rules for the last five minutes of a game. It, it seems it's been forgotten for some reason. Brett Leatham, I agree with his one. He's going on about people getting blocked off the ball, running through bombs, or well, basically, yeah. mate, they blow don't get one. Started on that. They blow one penalty a game on it. That's about it. You'll see a million of them, and yes, you are right. It does happen. Josh Hoffman yesterday time. in the Easter Monday game, he had to get through four or five blockers on one kick out to the right edge and James Tedesco let it bounce went over the sideline but 
if you go back and watch, he had to get around four or five guys who were trying to block him yeah. just to even get to the ball. And then Matt Lewin finishes it off with one that probably annoys everybody. The ruck penalties, the inconsistency around it, and it varies from player, uh, players, teams, and refs interpretations. And everyone, there was a few people that brought up uh, everyone's pet hate, which is the inside 10 penalties, which I've said it before and I'll say it again. No one wants to send somebody off. We need the five minutes in bin back. Yep, we we need something to penalise a team because the 10 minutes is too harsh. A lot of refs don't want to blow it. People are going to keep laying in the ruck. Bring back the five minutes in bin. I think that solves that problem. I thought the Bulldogs were doing it a lot on Friday. Yeah, as soon as well. South got inside the 10 or whatever, they were, they were giving away some penalties. So yep. A lot of sides do it. Yep. A lot of people do do it. You're not wrong about that. Ian Stanmore and Lucas, both questions about the Warriors. Lucas basically wondering here, can the Warriors win without foreign? As it seems likely he's going to return. Well, it's 100% he's going to return. He's coming back. And then Ian's bringing up basically, why the hell would you help somebody for a year at your own expense instead of developing your actual halves um, just to let him walk out and, you know, put yourselves behind and hashtag the error, the classic sort of, Warriors. Yeah, the sort of error they've made is only signing him to a one-year deal. But to be fair, I would have only signed him to a one-year deal based on what yeah. he done and what he was coming back from so I guess that's uh, that's backfired a little bit. Yeah well he's definitely going to Sydney but he's got a, a definite point here. They should have more of a killer instinct it is a bit of a short term stopgap if they knew what was going on but they must have been happy with the circumstance to do it so um, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens there. And Johnson's still not signed up yet, so they've got some things to work out, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Anzac Nico, who's replacing Cronk and who will play Melbourne Storm in the grand final? Lol. Well, they're a good chance of being there, but it's a bit early to talk about grand finals and who's replacing them. Well, they talked about four, and he's obviously not going to be going there. Widop has been made a formal offer by the Melbourne Storm. So, possibility that he could be there with either Jacks, Munster, Brody Croft. They've got some options. Only time will tell what happens with the Storm. I think. Uh, they'll play the Raiders. That'd be my bet. If I had to bet right now on the grand final, it would be Storm Raiders. I'm liking more and more what I see of the Raiders because, like I said, I still don't really think they've even touched the surface of what they did last year. And then year. outside of that, I really like what Cronulla and the Roosters are doing. But to me, they've been a little bit more patchy than the Raiders. Oh, I guess the Raiders have been just as patchy, but oh, I sort of like the form that the Raiders are showing. I think they're building nicely. Yeah, well, origin questions, and basically they're all based around the same thing. Mitchell Pearce, very dividing subject for a lot of people, but Michael... On Twitter, Bruno Jiu-Jitsu Master and Adam Bain have asked basically about playing him at nine. No. Um, they're asking about Farah. All of them have mentioned Farah. And would you play him at nine again, Hooker? No. Vision. Number one, we've talked about this. No, you've got to pick a specialist hooker. Uh, hooker. Did Pete do enough on the weekend? He was pretty good, but I want to see him play the next couple of weeks. He's our future if he can stay healthy. If not, to be honest, uh, and again, no one's talking about him, but I think he's taken Robbie Farrow's job, and I think he's better than him, Damien Cook. There's McInnes. Uh, I know, no, you know. For me, the first three players I'm picking in New South Wales origin, if Pete stays fit and plays as good as he did, he's, I'm picking him, I'm picking Pierce, and I'm picking Tedesco. They're the first three I pick. Who plays at six? Sorry, and Maloney. I'm picking... That, that's my spine. Yeah. Pete's, Pierce, Maloney, Tedesco. And good luck. And I know that Queensland's spine's better. Yeah. That's fine. But that's the best spine we can pick, I think, Oof. if Pete's maintains his form. And as you said, I don't think it's a form issue with Pete's. I think it's an injury it's issue. It's an injury issue. Simple. He just seems to get busted. But that's that's his nature. He plays so aggressive. Yeah, but, but when he's there... You can't play Pierce or Hooker. As much as I like the idea... It, it's Whatever way you cut it, we need to pick specialist players in specialist positions yeah. and... That's the same thing that frustrates me about all this Moylan talk about him playing six. He, yeah, he's not a six. 
he can't defend a, a full game at six. He runs sideways not. across the field at, at fullback. I don't know how they expect him to be yeah. better six. Can't and play square, can't defend for a full game in the front line. All those things are things that no one's thinking about. You yeah. just go straight for him and make him... Wait, Josh Papali. I'd just put Josh Papali oh. on him all day. Or Gillette. Gillette would murder him. Yeah. Gillette's one of those guys you or, don't want to yeah, run. Pick your poison. Good luck. He'd absolutely kill him. But on Bruno's point here... I. I know a lot of people are into Pierce and it's an easy way to point the target, but I think that's just it's rubbish. It's, he's, it's not he's right. He's not overrated. The reason why we, we get beat bad is because pack, bad we've got spine. 13 players in the, in the, in the, on the team and 17 when you count the bench. And more often than not, Laurie Daly's fucking picked four or five that shouldn't be there. <laughs> cool. Everyone Hello? might have been in control. We never so let's, right not, let's not dump it all on Pierce. It's, it's because the back end, like more often than not, our bench is wrong. We pick front rowers. We pick dudes out of position. Like last year he's playing... Corner uh, in the middle and Jackson on the edge when it should have been Jackson yeah. on the edge and Corner. Uh, sorry, Jackson in the middle and Corner on the edge. Fafita gets one up a multitude of stuff. Yeah, Fafita gets one stint. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been really annoying. We pick players out of form. We go we back pick, to the well in a lot of positions. We're always going to pick a 14. Like we've got to have a 14. Oh, we don't yeah. have to have a 14 at all. No, we don't. How about we just bash them through the middle and pick four forwards? Yeah, respect. And play a different way to them. We we pick a 14 because they pick a 14. Yeah, we do everything they do. Play our own style. Exactly. And like I said, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I think the Mitchell Pierce stuff is it's not fair to be. There's a little fire in me there. Yeah. Well, it's a good one. Origin's not too far off. I love far it. Out. Uh, uh, rookie talk, this one. How do you rate Brian Kelly's chances rookie there from Luke? Well, oh, he's another one. Well, Titans let him go. Good yeah. call. Good call. Neil Henry, <laughs> Jesus. There you go. You've got Brock going. I think he's been very, very good so far, but there's a couple other guys there. Braley's I believe been, let him go. Yeah, well, Braley's been pretty good, and there's probably a few others, but Kelly has well, been very, Well, you're right. Very, very Braley, good. I think the, the absolute standouts have been Braley and you met my man Brian Kelly. Brian. Brian's been very Brian good. Playing for friggin' Manly, too. He started, and I thought, wow, that's a quick step up from not even getting a run. Uh, Nick Kotrick's been very good. Well, that's another one, but there's yeah, plenty there's of a few. Uh, there's a few people here. Sean Peel, Asiata, bigger impact one game than Michael Morgan. And then Rex is brought up. John Asiata, skills to be a starting halfback. Add another club, do you reckon, if there was a spot open? Well, he's definitely got the skills, but it's never going to happen. He's not playing halfback full-time. He's a good 13, good utility kind of player. You get a lot of value out of him, but uh, he wouldn't be a full-time starting halfback at any other club. And he's also brought up me versus Peter Wallace story. And can we elaborate a bit more? Well, we do a Boxing Day, or we used to do a Boxing Day cricket match where we'd get on the juice and play cricket all day. And What was it? We got to that night, we're going to play a bit of poker. There was chair, there was, I don't know, 12 dudes, uh, 11 chairs, and it ended up that Louis and Pete Wallace were fighting over one of them. So there was a a little bit of a tussle. It was simple. I already had the chair. Okay, so you had the chair, and Pete thought, well, I'm a little bit entitled, I'll take this chair. And Louis said... Beat it, Ranger. Said so you're a halfback. I'm a front row. And basically, the chair's mine. Don't care. Beat it, champ. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot in it. Good guy. It's a good story. Yeah, Pete, Pete's uh, Pete's a good fellow. And I so. more had more of a laugh about it because I basically said that you're a halfback. I'm a front row. And the chair's mine. Yeah. And, I and we were both there, and I was about 20 kilos heavier then, <laughs> and you were probably 15 kilos heavier then. So good times. We uh, we would have beaten him within a pulp of his life. He's a good bloke though. We go back. At, like, He's a good fellow. The few years after, he's always a good bloke. Pete. Yeah. Uh, Greg Milburn saying, "Are the Cowboys only 50 50 to make the eight? I don't think so. They'll be in the eight, but yeah, they're top four aspects. Yeah, what chance? I think 60 40. Yeah, well, top four aspects have definitely gone down. if they sustain any more injuries. Tony is asking about the HIA replacement. Are the players who go off for a concussion test supposed to come back on if they pass and replace the player who they came on for? Yes. Yes, that one I think is uh, pretty much settled. Dogs, uh, Andrew's brought up about the Band-Aid solution or is what we're talking about, Moses at Hooker, Frawley Reynolds and the halves. 
the long-term option. Well, we've already covered that. Realistically, they need to experiment a little bit, but I think Frawley is a definite, and Mbai is going to take one of those spots. But you've got to try him at fullback. Yeah. And he's also wondering, can we start a remote fund for you? Well, I need Brock's one. remote fund. Can we get paid in? Zippo for this bloody podcast? At least uh, someone, maybe William Hill, one of our sponsors, someone. Somebody. Someone. Foxtel. We, yeah. keep, we will pump them up. I yeah. only watch Fox, Fox League, HD, Rugby Same. League Channel. Send me a few Titans remotes. There you go. So every time they lose, I can smash one. And I'm happy to film it. I'll gronk bomb it out outside the house. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Matty Ryan's bike. It's not a gronk spike. I love it. Uh, we've got B-Puck here on uh, Twitter. He's asking about our Aussie team. What do you think will be picked and what will actually be picked? Well, we'll do that next week. That's something that needs a little I'm bit of thought. Up. Not really on the spot, but yeah, I'm getting angry thinking about it as well. Because what I'd pick is nothing like what they will pick. Uh, Titans, Justin Jones, he's asking about if Stain, uh, if Hayes Oh, does, Stain. That's Stain. exactly what he is on the Titans at the moment. <laughs> he is a bit of a Stain. A big brown Stain. If Hayne did stay, is he playing at fullbacker in the centres? Fullbacker's more of a playmaker uh, than a runner these days. Wherever he plays, he needs to fucking play better. Well, I think it's that? pretty straightforward. You don't want him there more on a culture mm. side of things, but if he's staying on the money he's at, he's not playing centre. You don't pay $1.2 no. million for a centre. You've got to play better. Up. Come back and play good footy and shut up. And uh, we've got what we got here. Adam Stevenson, when did Brisbane last win anything? Well, 2006. Yeah, they won the competition. Yeah, get that into you, Brisbane. So, uh, Titans weren't even in the comp then. Adam, so. obviously, not a fan of. Uh, Good, I love it, Adam. He's not a fan of the Broncos. And the salary sombrero. They're working on a bloody cap that's about $5 million more than everyone else. The old roadrunner on Twitter on the Jack Bird thing. Where do you think he'll play? And will there be any animosity with him being a blues player? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> but I more brought up what I said earlier. The fact that he. Wanted to be a six, wanted to be a fullback, all these other things, and apparently he's told Wayne he's happy to play centre after that was the make or break with the Sharks. Now, that didn't quite sit well with me, but it wouldn't surprise me if he played centre. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I, know what the I deal don't care is where there, he plays. Finishing things off. They just pillage bike players, whoever they want Brisbane get. That's it. Last question here, Joshua Ern. As a Knights fan, I think Kieran Foran is much better signing than Jack Bird if they could get him. Side note, if the Knights can get Foran, James Graham, Madalino, etc., where do you think the Knights can rate they, they can finish in the eight. Big core, but they are building up their younger okay. players. That's for sure. The younger players are, are progressing, but they definitely need to add a few more bits and pieces on top. And that wraps up the questions. So you've got fan questions, set of six, power rankings. We'll put something up uh, for your power rankings later on. Get your opinions from all the fans and obviously questions. Anything if you've missed out, we do our best. If it wasn't answered on the show, to answer it on the pages or on Twitter. So uh, we'll do our best there as well. But reviews of the games from the weekend... Dog Souths, 24-9. to nine. Uh, This really wasn't a great game, to be honest. I wasn't highly entertained. They both kind of struggled to score points in the first half and in the second half for a little bit. But uh, basically, late on, the Dogs seemed to get the better of it. Sam Burgess went off the field, looked with like what was an ankle problem and possibly got needled and may miss the next couple of weeks, even though he's going to fight the charge, which is stupid. But um, to be honest, the Dogs... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Got the better of it in the second half. Souths opened up with a bit of a soft moment there where Graham just tipped it on the inside there and they got on the left side where Reynolds ran through and when Frawley came on, things looked a lot better again for the Bulldogs. But Souths, I still don't know what to make of them. I don't like the way they use Farah and Cook. Uh, I wouldn't have brought Farah over. I think I made that clear. 
in my pre-season thoughts, and they're just a couple of forwards short, honestly. Like Turner's doing a good job. Clark tries hard, but they're a couple of props short. The two other twins are just playing awful. Um, and then you've got a few other guys that are, are having a crack, like Sam and Damian Cook. And, uh, you know, you've obviously got Cody Walker, who's very good, but yeah, I wasn't really impressed by either side, to be honest. No, me either. I thought the game was fairly ordinary. I thought Alex Johnson was really good for Souths. Uh, and Josh Reynolds, a lot of effort plays, a lot of little one percenters that sort of, I think, probably kept the Bulldogs in the game early, early doors. And South had a lot of ball; they they could have gone up on multiple occasions by uh, a couple of tries, and they tended to make errors, play side to side, and just keep letting the Bulldogs back in. And you know, by the you know midway through the second half, the Bulldogs were just ready, and they clicked and put a score on on South, but. South's attack is pedestrian. It's similar. To, it's starting to look similar and, and as structured and boring as what the Bulldogs' attack does. So they've, both, they've got similar problems, these two sides. And like you said, the, the key players for South aren't playing well. And well, I think they've got chalk and cheese and the fact that when I think Cook and Walker are on and playing together and they're rolling forward, they look dangerous. But then when he puts Farrer on and Cook's not playing nine and Reynolds gets involved, Reynolds plays way too deep. He doesn't run the football. He doesn't attack the line. Well, Johnston's me. not a ball player. He runs the ball, but he's not a ball player. And Farrer at the moment, I know he's got that back issue, but he's not really offering a whole lot in attack. He's, he's just dishing the football. So right. um, They've got a bit of a chalk and cheese thing going on where they look... The same, they did the same against Penrith. They looked good when it was Walker and Cook. And then as soon as they brought Farrer into the mix and things kind of stagnated a bit, they weren't going forward. Markers weren't accountable. Uh, on the dog side of things, like we said, the shuffle with Leisha and a few of these bits and pieces don't look too bad, but Imbai definitely needs to have a crack at fullback just to get an idea of where that $750,000 investment mm. is going to play for yeah, this It's very similar. Very similar fullbacks, very similar outside backs. They've both got a running six that's very ad-lib in Cody Walker and Josh Reynolds, and then you've got Adam Reynolds and Frawley. Adam Reynolds is obviously a better player than Frawley, but they offer similar things, and then... I think they've got a lot of overpaid players in their forward packs. Yeah, well, the, like I said, the Burgess twins have been horrible. Um, but I think on the flip side of that, Graham and Tolman, outstanding again. Josh Jackson, exactly, very yeah. good. And um, those guys are doing their jobs. So uh, some changes definitely need to be made. Bulldogs need to keep experimenting, finding way, uh, ways to get some wins, though, which is obviously good for Hasler and them. Let's the pressure off. Uh, Maguire back to the drawing board. And I've seen the Bears play this year. I know Charrington struggled the other week, but they need something different. And their outside backs, their back five's too... Uh, their back three in particular, too small. Mm. Um, they're really struggling for yardage. So Terrell Fuimano, there's a few other guys there they can try out, but something needs to give, to be honest. I think um, we spent five minutes too long on that game. Yeah, pretty much. The Roosters and Newcastle, 24-6. to six. We say this every week. Pretty right. boring game. Gets boring. It wasn't a great game either. Roosters still a bit clunky, but uh, the Knights, you got what you expected. and They fought hard. You got your Barnets, these kind of blokes. They all tried hard. Ross, um, you know, you could give raps all the time. And just another harsh blow. They lost Bureau for eight weeks with a broken foot. But uh, Roosters, I think it's quite evident just the difference in class. They didn't really ever get out of second or third gear. They shifted there once or twice. But Pierce, Keary, okay Knights. Corden had done what he always do, uh, does. Manu filled in admirably for Latrell Mitchell. And um, they got the job done. And very nice to see Tokiaho back and... Convenient timing seemed to work out again. Madison got injured, Tokiara comes back. The other week it was uh, Napa getting injured when Evans got back. So they can't really seem to get this full-strength bench back just quite yet. Um, but Interesting again, in this game, Jake Friend starting off the bench. Yeah, well, maybe a bit, of a bit of a warning shot fired. But I'd much rather see Carter on the bench than Connor Watson. And I know some of the Roosters fans out there were 
asking why is he not playing fullback in first grade because he's doing it in cup and he can ball play unlike Michael Gordon. Well, New South Wales Cup and the NRL are two different things. So, yeah. um, you know, he might try that at some stage. I don't know. But Michael Gordon certainly does ha- hasn't done anything to lose his spot. So I'm not sure if that'll happen going forward. But, yeah, Carter did a good job. And interesting to see, like you said, this week if that happens again. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see. I think Friend was named as to start nine, but he was last week. So see what happens there. And um, Newcastle, what do you say? I know this is going to be the oh, theme. Without getting a result. Basically, and this is going to be the theme of the year like it is the last couple of years, unfortunately. Yeah. Just development and time. And we might see a few more kids as the year goes on. But um, another tough night at the office. And Boyd Cordner, if he's not the New South Wales captain, I know people have been talking about it. I don't know who is. Yeah, ridiculous. I can't figure it out when people say, oh, well, who's the standout candidate? I think there's a pretty obvious standout Hello. candidate. Hello. Uh, I don't know how we even uh, argue. Yeah. People throwing Aaron Woods up, seriously, I'll give you I'll give you a triple and my foot. Meet me in an alley. You can have all it. I'll turn your teeth into a tic tac I'll <laughs> smash your face in like a Pez, all right? Oh, seriously. He even, cannot be the New South Wales captain. Even, I thought it was laughable last year uh, when they brought it up. My God. And Nelson Football, fine. Football and the person, two different. It's not a personal take. It could be the best bloke in the world. I hear that all the time, but I'm not talking about the person. I'm talking about football. Uh, as far as the football is concerned, Boyd Cordner, Aaron Woods, no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Moving on. But Haircut, so, oh, Boyd Cordner. Also, personality, Boyd <laughs> Cordner. Intelligence, Boyd Cordner. Like, do I need to go on? Also, I forgot to mention these ones as well. Dogs this week, obviously, uh, their game, who they're playing. Uh, they're, they're playing, playing the Tigers. The Tigers, so... A chance to chalk up another win and be on five after starting the year with all this drama around them. Souths play the Broncos and the Roosters. Obviously, the Anzac Day Clash always a great game. They play the Dragons and Newcastle play the Cowboys up there in Townsville. The Broncos-Titans, heartbreaker for you. We watched it. Uh, it wasn't too bad of a spectacle from a neutral's point of view, but obviously heartbreaking in the end. Theirs to win, basically, and yeah. they couldn't get the job done. The last 15, 20 minutes, they were getting absolutely carved up through the middle. They were backpedalling, and it couldn't have happened in a worse fashion that the two blokes who contributed probably most to your loss were former Titans. One was uh, James Roberts obviously scoring the hat-trick and having a big night. and then, Who signed and left, didn't he? Yeah, signed, and agreed then to a deal and David Meade, different circumstances. He didn't leave for money. He got paid less. And I'm pretty sure we gave basically, James Roberts his only rugby league lifeline in the NRL, and then he... Took more money to go to Brisbane. Yeah, Jim. and uh, obviously Meade at the end there almost salt into the wounds that he played the last couple of minutes and knocked Yeah, but you know what? Meade, Meade was let go because of Jared Hayne. That yeah. shits me to tears as well because David Meade for me last year was one of our best players. Yeah. Ash Taylor, Tyron Roberts, and David Meade for me were the three absolute standouts for the Titans last year. So yeah. frustrating to see him playing against us, but. I think that's one that Neil Henry would have liked back. but Yeah, well, middle defence, uh, terrible. They got pulled apart. Nick Aram and Milford both found ways to score tries. That late Milford well, that's it. run like, as we well. Score points. Just can't. Our defence is oh, dog Your middle defence is terrible. You lose control. <laughs> Injuries hurt you again. Max King comes on, first tackle, gets concussed and breaks his hand. Yeah, and right. then he came back on and played for a bit longer, the crazy yeah, bugger. Yeah. So good on him, the young bloke. He's only 19, 20 years old, but... Um, there's other things like we mentioned before. Ryan James, I think he's struggling this year, but he hasn't had a whole lot of help. Jared Ross has played out of his skin and it was exceptional the other night against his former club. Uh, Dan Sargenson's really struggling in the NRL. I know it's only his second game. Terrible. He shouldn't play another game. His first game was bad. His second one the other night. The yardage work, he's been dominated. Defensively, he's not that great. Um, there needs to be a massive improvement. Otherwise, that's a flop of a signing, and I don't know what they paid him. It's but... a flop of a signing now. I'm a little bit worried to think about that. The best thing that happened is Pete's came back. He was safe. I didn't think he was stint was too bad. 
Broncos, again, clunky, but missing Ben Hunt. It wasn't a great night for them. I thought they took you guys a little bit lightly. And the one I would give a rap to, and you can give him a rap every week, if he's not close, if he's not right now the best back row on the comp or close to, Matt Gillette. And it's just a lot of the dirty stuff off the ball. It's a little 1% as you don't see, things that people don't appreciate. And much like when I mentioned Jackson, Josh Jackson defensively and decision-making, Gillette is just a bloke you don't want to try and run anything at. If you think you've got him or you're going to play someone short or any time you think you've got something worked out on that edge of the field, Gillette just shuts it down. Um, He's brutal. And him and Boyd Cordner should be the shoe-ins along probably with maybe a Way Graham or someone to be considered for the back row for Australia. But I think tomorrow for the Australian team, it's a no-brainer. It's Cordner and it's Gillette playing in the back row. He was uh, exceptional again. But um, this week, the Titans, they play the Sharkies. Tough contest down there at the prison. Some players possibly coming back in. Have to wait and see. Broncos, like we said, play South. Um, you know, similar lineup to last week besides Tevita Pengai. But, uh, you know, the halves experiment continues. Nick Arima got a couple of weeks to try and prove himself with Milford. The Storm, 30-26 to 26 over Manly. Plenty of points, not what you would have expected. But the defense in this game was quite poor. Uh, the big thing for me, probably that first half, was when Melbourne was spotting up Blake Green. And I said at the last few years that I thought that he had, his day, he had his good days, he had his bad days, but he can get caught in the chair and his lateral movement's not great. Twice Felice Cafusi scored on him just because he sat in the chair and Billy found a number on him. Uh, they tore that side apart. Vunavali went down there a couple of times and they really seemed to open him up, but they were unanswered in the second half. They didn't score another point. They scored all 30 of their points in the first half. Manly were gallant, fought their way back into the game. Uh, the Trubojevic's combined. They pushed hard late. They couldn't quite get the job done. But if I'm Craig Bellamy, the 31 from 34 sets and 90% completions are not good enough when I see those defensive lapses in particular. Leading 18-0, conceding those couple of tries, and then the one they conceded on half-time. Those few moments would be enough for me to just shred the commentary box. Yeah, well, three tries in a half. He's filthy. He's filthy with three tries in a game. Oh. So at half-time, it wasn't so much about the 30 points that they'd scored. It was more about the 16 they conceded or the yep. three tries that they conceded. So... Look, Melbourne walked away from this game like they lost it, but the good thing is they won, which they more often than not do, and uh, they'll move on. I, I don't know what to take away from this from Manly. I don't know whether it was a poor Melbourne performance or that they were pretty good, but the fact of the matter is everyone won out of five at home this year, and that, to me, unless that home record improves, they're not playing finals footy. Yeah, and that's the big thing I think to take out of this, even with that good patch of form over the Cowboys and the Roosters and then falling uh, flat against the Dragons last week. Winning at home. Brookvale used to be one of those places you didn't want to go to play, but um, it's just been inept yeah, it as been. of recent. And um, Again, the Trebois, which is good. The one I probably didn't mention the other week has been good since he came back is Brent Lawrence from his injuries. He's been very, very good. He tries hard, but uh, tough task for them this week. They have to play the Raiders, who are starting to tick along nicely. Melbourne ends up day clashing against the Warriors. Usually a good game, but uh, hasn't been that great as of the last few weeks. But Dragons, speaking of them, playing the Cowboys 28-22. Same theme as the other game, and this seemed to be the theme of the, all the Saturday games. First half, 28 points to four, absolutely carved them up. Found love down that left side with Lafayette and a couple of guys. Nukinis made a good decision sneaking down there. They were you rolling missed, you all over the game, them. mate. You missed Which Canberra game? and New Zealand. I've got the Canberra New Zealand game. I just didn't do it in the right order. Oh, okay. So That's it's okay. still we'll there. Go, we'll go Dragons. It's still there. We're That's rolling okay. now. The 28 points to four at half time. They're missing a lot of players. They've got Asiata playing the halves. We've mentioned it's got great skill and did have a good game, but to not score again in the second half. 28 unanswered points, and that was it. They shut down. 28-22 against the team that was wounded. Uh, they threw the kitchen sink. Hess, Tom Lolo, uh, but the Dragons managed to contain at the end. Mosby, two weeks in a row, has made an error near the end. 
which basically put things to rest and felt didn't have a great day. But uh, Michael Morgan still one of these ones. I thought he was a bit better, but still not playing to the standard that he should be. Pong is young and inexperienced. I can excuse some of those errors, and he's going to learn. But um, they're really hurting at the moment with the injuries they've got yeah, it's affecting their football. Boys versus men, and then they clocked off. And it should have been boys versus men because the way the Dragons have been playing and the, the players that the Cowboys had out was obviously going to make it not a mismatch, but you'd expect the Dragons to win. And they performed well for 50-odd minutes but clocked off at the end. And to be fair, the, the Cowboys are probably unlucky not to draw that game up. Kalen Ponga put a, a kick in and... Um, yeah, seven yeah, tackles, was, wasn't it? Seven tackles. Well, no, he, they made a line break and he had the winger unmarked and didn't pass to him and then oh. kicked and gave the ball away. And there was an, he should have even kicked it because there was a there was another player was only on play four and they were going into their their line so look, it, game the Dragons should have won more convincingly but in the end they got the two points and they move on to Anzac Day yeah and uh, the Cowboys you know things there they're going to be a struggle while Thurston's not there Asiata admirably performed like we said a couple of nice passes and good touches very very skillful footballer uh, one that Paul Grant took with him knowing him from the Roosters under 20 system and he was in the team of the year uh, when Paul Grant had him down there so uh, hard times for them, but the same old, same old Hess, Tamalolo. Been heavily relied on these few guys to really carry the burden at the moment, but Michael Morgan's still the one I need to see more from. He needs to step up and help big Definitely. time. But, uh, Dragons, get away with that one. A win's a win, they'll take it. Six wins already, you're halfway on your way to finals. It eases the burden if you have origin or any injuries coming up. So Absolutely. Um, they've done that hard work early, and they play the Roosters this week in that cracker Anzac game. The Cowboys go home to play the Newcastle Knights. And that other game we're talking about, the Canberra Raiders, 20-8. to 8. Over the Warriors, again, another game where second half was a shutout for one side, which was the Warriors. They didn't score a second half point. Um, it was a tight first half. They got the lead there just because of a penalty goal, but they had struggles on that edge containing Leilua on their left-hand side. Well, um, they, didn't, they didn't contain him at all. No, they didn't contain him at all. He got over for a double, but uh, he made plenty of yards down there. Rapana, good and as he usual. bombed a couple. He didn't pass a Rapana a couple of times when he should have. And Yeah, they, they tore shreds off the Warriors down that edge of the field, but... Mm. The Warriors bombed a couple in the first half as well. That, oh. See the tackle Jared Croker made on well, that, Tua that was That was getting near the back end where he made that probably that bit of a try saver and then there was one where I think Cartel got over the line and went to the bunker and they found a knock-on in the early part of it. So yeah. the Warriors didn't help themselves, but Canberra, again, I thought they were pretty good in the pack. But the big thing is what we mentioned every week. Last year, they were one short of a grand final. I didn't think their halves were that great. And their fullback was better at the second half of the year, white, but still... You know, not at, uh, an elite fullback, but this year I get the feeling that the halves are still pretty quiet. Besides Austin, who's been okay, yep. I think Hodgson's been quiet because he's been injured. I think Jack's been the only one who's played really well most weeks. So the forwards keep doing their job, the backs keep doing their job. If all these spine players can finally find a way to all be playing well at the same time, they'd be near unstoppable. Good luck, yeah. Um, but you're still yet to see it. And Hodgson, like I said, snuck a try on the weekend. Has had a very quiet start there. We haven't talked about him at all. Um, and Aiden Caesar's basically been vacant since he's been there. Still not talking about him, but mm. forward's good, outside back's good. Warriors fall back to earth, but, um, you know, this is why I didn't put in my power rankings last week. I wanted to see him play a better side, but the thing about it is they've looked better since Foran's in there, but like a lot of the fans mentioned we talked about, if he's not there next year, that's a big blow because yeah. he's made a massive difference to their side. And if Madalino comes Absolutely. back next week, that's another thing that definitely helps them. But uh, the Warriors next week, they play Melbourne, the Anzac Day Clash. The Raiders at home to Manly. Good opportunity to rack up another win and a good performance at home. But Sharks-Panthers, 28-2. to two. The Sharkies won that one. And dead set, Penrith, it's either one or the other. It's either way too sideways and they don't earn a quick play the ball or it's just one out after one out after one out setting up for something that never eventuates. 
Matt Moylan plays in a dinner suit. He runs side to side, never gets tackled, passes the football. And I love that bomb that Cleary puts up. But where's the kick tactics? The Sharks outdid them in all those facets. They went forward. They won set starts. They were better in the ruck. They slowed the Panthers down. When they got into good ball, they took their opportunities and they got repeat sets. Chad Townsend forced about five dropouts on his own. Yeah. All these things I've just said Penrith didn't do. And the bench, Brown and Hickey on the bench, silly. If you're going to carry utility, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Four forwards, two hookers, or it's got to be a forward utility who has the ability to defend as a centre or a back row. Oh, sorry, as a half or a centre. Yeah. Um, you can't carry Hiku and Brown. We know what Brown is. He's solid, but he's not outstanding. You've got Kikau. He's an exceptional talent. The only way to get him first grade ready is give him more minutes. Otherwise, don't sign him for two more years. And Hard if to argue, my friend. Yeah, and the Mitchell Rain, like I said, has been playing very well. And if Wallace, who got his face caved in on the weekend and was absolutely battered and bruised, had no way to come off the field, and he's taken his licks in the middle because he's not the biggest bloke, uh, either give him a 20-minute stint as a rest or get Katara in there who can play that lock kind of nine role or something. Um, use your bench better. Or yep. just carry 16 because that's all you're doing at the moment. But all in all, they attacked very similarly to what they did against Melbourne. Didn't work against Mel- uh, the Storm. Didn't work against the Sharks. Nope. Getting to points, running the same bullshit plays. Moylan played in a dinner suit. Uh, I think the halves, most of the time they went to the line, they didn't have options. No. They really struggled to run the ball, the halves, and even Moylan because they got no options around them. The few times Wallace took off to run, there was no one with him. A few times Merrin got an offload, there was no one really there pushing up. So they need to really go back to square one with their attack, the Panthers. Their defence was pretty inept. They got over f- way too easily, the Sharks, when they got ball down their end. Yeah. Cronulla are just a tough, gritty side. You know what you're going to get from them. Uh, I wasn't surprised at all to see him put a no. score on Penrith because Penrith were disgusting and, and Cronulla took their chances. And you know what? Cronulla dropped a shitload of ball. They oh. made a lot of errors and 100%. gifted Penrith a lot, of, a lot of footy. And, you know, a good Penrith side would have beaten Cronulla on this day. I don't think Shane Flanagan will walk away overly happy with the way Cronulla played, but the fact of the matter is they won by 26 points against a tough side away from home. So, well done, Cronulla. And the other thing, again, the kick tactics. You're not kicking to Braden Burns this week. You're just, just kept bombing, bombing, bombing for the sake of bombing because you, we don't have another any other way of ending the set. But the only other way I can frame it is if you're going to bomb someone, you don't bomb an Australian winger and someone who's played junior fullback in Valentine Holmes. You didn't drop a single one. If you're going to try it, you would have kicked to Catewell. Who's a, more of a back row centre playing on the wing? I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a tactic to make him drop it. I think it's a tactic just to say, well, that's the best way to turn the ball over, which is ridiculous. It's well, crap. I get it, but like I said, if you're going to try it from distance, it's a Laurie Daly tactic. You would have picked on somebody. Laurie Daly was doing this three years ago in yeah, Origin. I know, remember? I know, I know. but uh, there's a lot of things you could say. Um, but they need to change things. Get back to working hard, pushing the numbers, pushing on offloads, and setting up a play of the ball to be able to actually shift the football and have options with your halves when they want to run. Yeah. All those little things right now, they're just not there. And the bench, like I said, there's two players on there that are just being used wrong. So, full credit to the Sharks, though. Townsend, Braley, Ford Pack as a whole. Like you said, whether they make errors or not, you know you're in for a tough day regardless. Yeah. They're just always there. Um, they're in the contest. So It'll be interesting to see them play the Titans this week because you know one thing the Titans are going to do. They're going to challenge them oh, they'll be in there. terms of their offense. Cronulla will roll through the Titans' def- defense. They'll roll through the middle. I tell you what, the Titans will give them a challenge in terms of having to defend. Yeah, and a massive game, uh, like you said, for the Panthers this week. They're playing Parramatta. It's basically a must-winner. It's getting to that point now, coming into origin, because uh, the more games they lose, the more they're going to have to backtrack, and a few blokes are probably going to get picked regardless of their form. So uh, hard times ahead if they don't start to win some games. But we finish things off with Parramatta, speaking of them, and the Tigers, 26-22. The Tigers were up for it. Uh, they didn't start too bad. Tedesco, 
found them out in the middle of the ruck. The Eels are exposed twice there with some soft tries, but on the flip side of that, the Tigers were exposed on the edges. In particular, their left, they just kept getting their pants pulled down. Um, Late on in the game, though, when it seemed like they're in control, I think there was an opportunity there to take the two, to take it out to three tries, and I would have. They didn't. They didn't score. Uh, And you know when Brad Takarengi's pulling you apart that you've got some problems because he's a makeshift playmaker. Um, But he set a couple of those tries up and... Honestly, they don't get enough out of their bench. Their whole 17 is not the strongest 17 I've seen, but the last 20 minutes, it just felt like Parramatta were marching down at Well, work. they were because they had all the ball. And, and whenever, uh, whenever the Tigers had all the ball, they were rolling through Parramatta. And the better sides in the competition can defend gluts of possession against them. The, the poorer sides can't. And this game just highlighted to me that both these sides, I think, aren't going to play finals footy because they, they just got rolled through. Mm. Whenever they whenever they gave up a glut of possession, they got rolled through. Um Parramatta to me got more upside, obviously, but uh, Tedesco played fairly well. I thought Moses was was pretty good. McCurick again was good. Yeah, uh, you know, I think Suli. Uh, Suli, that was his best game. I've been watching Suli. The yardage work for a nineteen-year-old is one of the hardest things when you come into grade. His yardage work is You're very right. good. He, I thought yesterday, you know, after watching that game, that's by far and away the best game he's played in first grade. That's an 18-year-old, 19-year-old baby who's played basically no 20s or cup. He's just gone straight after like two half games of 20s into first grade. Yeah. But there were some silly errors and some very 20s-like stuff early on. Of course. um, You're going to get that, but... The the strength in him in such a short period of time and how quickly things are improved, I'm quite impressed. Yeah. I I am, but uh, a lot there more off-field that you want sorted. Does Moses move on? We don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me, like I said, if Cleary doesn't let him go unless you get something in return. Parramatta, Kenny Woods coming back helps, but the nine situation, Pritchard's the only option. At the moment, they've got a couple of injuries. Both Scott on the bench, what's going on there? There's still a lot of question marks, and the half situation at the moment without French there is only temporary. Tackering yeah. is not your solution. Gutherson's probably not your solution either, so if they can't get Moses, I don't know how Fogarty's been going because I haven't seen one play cup. Uh, but something's got to give it six, I think. Uh, Tackering is not your option, neither is Gutherson. No, agreed. So, uh, not the greatest game, but uh, a win for Parra nonetheless. And they played Penrith this week, an opportunity to keep building. And as far as the tie is concerned, they've got a tough fight against the Bulldogs. So that wraps us up for everything there. That's your reviews, the power rankings, uh, obviously the fan questions and our set of six. We now move on to Mr. Gossip. He will get all his dirt and we'll do the tips and give you the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And he's back. It is Mr. Gossip with all his dirt and all his bits and pieces and a lot of anger, hopefully like Brock this week, because the Penny Panthers, they're falling in a heap again, you poor bastard. Mate, that was terrible. I mean, they, last week we I mentioned it in the tipping. I said, look, Penrith won't win. Um, I was hoping I was wrong. But <laughs> you, just, you know, sometimes if, if you're a fan of a club, you can just sense that shitty performance coming up. I could just sense it, you know. Um, mm. well, a week's a long time in football. Hopefully they turn things around pretty quickly. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see what happens this week against Parramatta, who scraped a win in, who also struggling. But, mate, what's cooking? All right, let's get let's get the tiger stuff out of the way first, shall we? Yep. Um, Woods and Teddy. Uh, the mail is that they're off to the Bulldogs. Um, yeah. I, I guess, boys, do you think they'd fit in well there under Dez and just at the structure they've got there? I think Tedesco will. 
Tedesco will fit in anywhere, but I say it again. And I'll can say, Bo- can Woods ball play? I I wrote a list down yesterday of how many front rowers I'd buy before I buy Aaron Woods, and it was ridiculous. You did. You put um, it in our little Facebook conversation. I could have kept going. going because I was basically sitting there going, if you gave me a look at all the starting lineups, then it's basically the money. If you are talking eight nine hundred k, and I don't know if you know the figure, gossip or not, but that was what was being banded around. That is absolutely. Ah. I know they've got third parties and they can hide some of it, but that's ridiculous. I'd rather have Tarmow on 700 than Woods on 900. Yeah, and I don't like Tarmow. And I don't like the Tarmow signing. No. So that tells you just about where that deal fits I in. I have a big opinion about I think Tedesco's yeah. a great signing. If they can get Tedesco, crack a signing. But Huge. Woods to go with it. And then does that mean you're moving James Graham on? Because that seems to be the, the logical progression, yeah. Pretty scary stuff. Yeah, Guys, today um, Moses has been branded around saying that um, he's going to get a release this week, but my mail is that um, Cleary will not release him at all, not until the end of the season. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I do feel sorry for Tigers fans. They went through all this crap last year. The last thing I want to see is Moses playing reserve grade or something silly like that. But, um, look, I guess Ivan's taken a strong approach and is, is against this mid-season transfers. Um I think you guys probably already spoken about this, about your opinions on the mid-season transfers, but Moses being told to stay for the rest of the year, you like it or don't like it? I like it. I think he signed a contract, but looking at their situation, I think for Ivan, just to move this problem, it's a problem he's inherited, so I'd be happy just to move Moses on, but... My, my whole argument on this has been that they need to get something out of that deal. So if they're going to move in this year, they need to make sure that they get a player, um, they get some cash, they get a couple of 20s players. Ivan needs to feel good about letting him go this year, uh, not not just saying, well, I'm going to let him go because he wants to go. That's, you know, no one in any workplace can do that while they have a contract. So I don't see why Mitchell Moses should be any different. So I respect that stance from Ivan, but... Just from a problems perspective and, and as much shit and drama that the Tigers have been through, the sooner they move on from all the drama, the better. But they've got to feel good about what they get out of that, that deal as well. Yeah, my opinion was the same. Basically, you're going to lose him anyway. So I'd be saying if you want him this year, it's plain and simple. You think you can make the finals, make an impact, and you want our player. He's not going anywhere unless I'm getting something for him. Yeah. I'd be happy to move him on if he is a big problem. Seems he's calmed down a little bit. Um, since things have gone down. And the other big thing is they don't really have another half to push in and develop. Jack Littlejohn's not the answer long-term. If if they still had Tamari Martin or an Austin or all these guys they've pushed out of the way to keep Brooks and Moses and these blokes there, well, then you would have had somebody to throw in the grade and go, well, don't worry, move on. Um, but unfortunately, they don't. So I'd be putting the gun to Parra's head and saying, I want to talk to a few blokes. And if Fogarty? anyone's interested... Someone Fogarty? Nah, I wouldn't be. Like I said, it'd be a need, a 20s kid, a forward. It's got to be something. And I know that player has to agree to it as well, but... It's not happening straight away. I'm starting to ring, make contact, so I want to talk to him, I want to talk to him. If it's not happening, I'm just holding him for the rest of the year. Yep, agreed. Mitch Rain, boys. Um, the only man that's a man bun out Penrith way, obviously not fitting in very well. He's asked for immediate release from the Panthers to join Parramatta. Uh, look, he hasn't played a, a single game for Penrith in first grade. Um, from what I hear, he, he's quite a good trainer, quite a, a tough bugger. I'm not a huge fan of him, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't bother me if I let him go, but Having said that, the Panthers don't have a lot of number nine options, especially if Wallace gets injured, but uh, an interesting one. Yeah, well, I've watched his cup form. He's been absolutely outstanding, the few games I have seen. And uh, Parramatta were one that was interested last year, and obviously that didn't eventuate. And we talked about it earlier. They've got Cameron King, who's always injured, Isaac Nagoyce with concussion problems. 
and you've only got one player. with his face, that's an issue. <laughs> but you've only got <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've only got one bloke there, and that's Pritchard. And uh, he's had a few niggles the last few weeks. So if things go wrong, they don't have another number nine. No, they don't. So, I agree. I think it's a good sign, and, and I don't love Mitch Rain, but he's, he's better than Pritchard and mate, better than what they got. He's an NRL starter, and there's not many hookers. As much as people don't want to like that, or people may yeah. argue that point, he's an NRL starting number nine. Um, if they could pick him up, I think that's a good bloke. Guys, one that uh, really gets my bubbles blowing is Kieran Foran. And the news today was that uh, Nathan Brown has had talked to him over the weekend. Guys, on Friday, I went to the night game with uh, with Papa Gossip, who's not doing too well at the moment. We went to the game. And look, that, that game was dead and dusted with 10 to go. Nobody left the ground. Everyone cheered the Knights. There's such a rugby league town. For someone like Kieran Foran to go there, I think it would be fantastic. I hope it happens. Uh, I, I doubt it happened, but just the, the sheer fact that he's talking about the Brown gives me goosebumps. Yeah, that'd be great signing. That, I, I think they're probably a front rower, a, a good half, and you know, obviously with Callum Ponga going there, a good fullback away. So if they if they landed foreign and were able to land someone like James Graham, I said it earlier on the podcast. I really, really, really think they can make the eight next year. Um, they've got some really good young juniors coming through. The guys there, they're putting a lot of hard work into. At the moment, they're only going to get better. Yeah, I, I like the direction they're going. I like the fact that they, you know, as much as they wanted to sign Jack Bird, they wouldn't meet the money that Brisbane offered him, uh, which was good. You know, stick stick to your guns and you're not going to go spend money for the sake of spending yeah. money. Good cap management. I think Brown's doing a good job in, in that regard in terms of recruitment retention. And, look, if Kieran Foran went there, he'd bring... He'd fit right in because he plays that tough, aggressive style that the Johns brothers used to play really direct and that's probably gone missing out of the joint. So, well, the out- but he needs to go there and go there and be in, in it for the long long haul. You need to be co- confident from Newcastle's perspective that he's going to be there for the long haul and he's in the right headspace and all that sort of stuff before you're paying big money. Well, number one, it works because it's close enough to Sydney to probably you know work with the situation. Number two, the Jack Bird thing, $900,000 was a joke because he's going to play him at six. You've got Lamb. They've got yeah. Hodkinson. Where's he playing? Yeah. Um, and I know Hodkinson's off contract. Do they keep him? I don't know. They might keep him on less. But Brock Lamb was there. And Jack Bird, is he a six? Not for $900,000 in an experiment. In my opinion, he's not. He's so not I don't not, think they've dodged. not worth 900 if he's standing on his head. No, exactly. But we're talking about Kieran Foran. So even if they don't get Foran, I just couldn't believe they were willing to offer 900 and guarantee to play 5-8. I'd, I'd, I'd pay on best form and best headspace, I'd pay Kieran Foran 900 a year. He'd get a million yeah. easily. But what I'm saying is Jack Bird, they were willing to tell him, you are the yeah, six silly. and we'll give you 900. Silly. That's dumb. James Graham, goodbye. Ponga, and if they nail this bloke down for a million dollars and put him with Lamb, you're doing all right. Your yep. spine's starting to build. Danny Levi's going to be better with more game time. You've got Gagai, who's been outstanding. The Ross Dog, Barnett. There's a few good bits and pieces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, boys. On to the Gold Coast Titans. Now, they've come out during the week saying that they're going to do a, a massive overhaul and they've got a three-year plan and all this sort of thing. But um, one thing that does excite me is that Tyrone Roberts, the podcast favourite, um, discussions for a, a further two years. Now, what about that pass on the weekend that he threw? Absolutely fantastic. Good old Tyrone Roberts. I tell you what, he, he's leading Darius Boyd in line breaks and tries. Didn't they get it up, your Darius? There you go. And as we, as get, I, get up, your Brisbane fans. As I sit here smiling, <laughs> I see Brock next to me, not quite in full of greens. But where's he going to play? Where's Tyrone Roberts going to play? Fullback. 
Well, I'll tell you what, the $1.2 million for Jared Hayne or plug him in for rather, a year and oh, figure okay, out. Okay, so Let's that's just, what I'm saying. Is this, is this saying that Hayne's on the way out? Well, if he can't find hey, another I'll tell you deal. what, Hayne would be mad not to take the option he's got in his yeah, favour. Unless he can get something in French well, rugby. Who's going to sign him? And I said it before, if he wants to go to France, feel free, because I don't want to hear about him. Don't want to hear about Jared. Catch you on the flip side. But catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me in France. How about that? Catch Um If he can't find another deal, he's taken the option just to be a jerk, surely. But Ty, Look, in all seriousness, Tyron Roberts has earned every dollar uh, he's been paid by the Titans. It's been a really, really good signing. I didn't like it to start with. I just don't know where he, he fits in. Like, from a halves perspective, he doesn't fit in. He's good depth. He could fit in as a 14 if you're going to play him as a bench hooker and as a halves utility. I, he's played pretty well at fullback, so I don't have a problem if they're going to sign him at fullback. He's, he's, doing, he's doing better than what Haynes doing at fullback, so if that's the move, I, I don't mind it. I, yeah, I don't mind and it. Like and said, you know what? He's justifying it through his form. If he takes four five hundred compared to one point two, you're seven hundred thousand better off, and you got somebody who's at I'll least having what, a go. He's, is the Tyrone Roberts Davis? Is that a relative? I think they're cousins. Hopefully, maybe. they're not bloody handcuffed together in a deal because he stunk on the weekend. <laughs> 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 Tyrone Roberts Davis, bang your head into the table. So much hate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah that, when, when he flicked that pass to Don, and Don was flying down the sideline. I couldn't help but laugh. The way he was running, Don. You run really weird, don't you? <laughs> Don. Hey? Mate. I'll tell you what, you could turn the Benny Hill music on and just watch a Titans game. Bloody hell. I'm going to end up in an asylum by the uh, end of the year. Brilliant. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's running like he's stepping on bindies. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, like he's running on a hot, hot, uh, hot tar. It's like when you take the bin out as a kid in the dark and you hear something. He's running he's back to the on house. Yeah. He's running on a rock. He doesn't have any slippers on. He's barefoot running up the driveway in the dark to get back in the house Ooh. quick smart. Because Cousin It's in the gutter. Yeah, something's after him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. One that's been uh, tweeted about a lot this, this week, especially by Dragon fans. They want to know what's happening with Gareth Witham. Um, my mail is that he's, he's heavily linked, obviously, to go back to the storm. But the Tigers, they've offered him $2.6 million over three years. That's big coin for Gareth. Um, he's currently on 550 k this year uh, with the Dragons, so a substantial increase if he goes to the Tigers. I'd like to see him go back to the Storm. Obviously, the Dragons are in to stay, but uh, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Would you be happy to have him back at the Storm? Ooh. I'd be happy to have him back at the Storm, but I'm still trying to figure out what we're bloody doing because they're going to keep Jacks, they reckon, on two years for basically nothing, which is a good depth move. They've got Croft there, who they earmarked as the replacement seven. They want to play Munster as a six. Is Billy retiring? Because if he was, I wanted us to go for Tedesco, but there seems to be a lot of questions that haven't been worked out, so... Um, I have full trust and faith in them, and I have no problem with Widop going back. But I've got a lot of other questions um, before we buy another half. But I think Gareth Widop's worth eight hundred. I think it'd be a good signing for the Tigers. Uh, but I said it here a month ago. As soon as they said Cronk yeah. was going to leave, the first player I'd be trying to sign if I'm Melbourne is Widop because you know that he fits the style they play. The so only other thing I've got in this though is not only was that move to become an individual, he also wanted a lifestyle change. So is he willing to go back to Melbourne? Just for living standard and the fact he's got a few kids now and he's set up. That's living the standard. Question. It's not freaking Cambodia. No, but he obviously likes it in Sydney and that's where he wanted to go and he's had a couple of kids now. <laughs> Melbourne's too much like England. Ah, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool down there, mate. Yeah, I'd have no problem with Gareth coming back to the storm, but if he doesn't want to, then you could fully understand. But, you know, Ivan Cleary offering close to 850000 a year. He's probably not Scottish, mate. I'm Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish with a cold. Yeah, we're just we're out of control. But yes, I wouldn't mind having him back at the storm. There's a lot of questions I still want answered. 
Yeah. All right, boys, last one for the night. We'll go on to Josh Dugan. There's heavy mail that he'll head off to the Roosters. Look, Dugan, he's on 800k this season. He thinks that he's worth 800k. Um, I beg to differ, to be honest. Um, just a bit of a comparison for this year. Darius Boyd's on 400k. Tedesco's on 450k. That's just this year, boys. But 800k for Dugan is 27 this year. I don't know. Silly money, I think. Well, Darius is, you know, following. Salary sombrero. He's following Uncle Wayne, so he's willing to take pay cuts. And yeah, there's probably some third parties that we don't know about going on in that setup. But the deal they gave him originally, I blew up about because Canberra sacked him. He went there, played half season, and then next minute they've just gone, here you go, have the whole kit and caboodle, which was ridiculous by then because they saved his career and no one else was going to pay that coin. But uh, that was a sign of the poor management at the time. Good on the Dragons for putting their foot down. Before he hurt his hamstring, I thought he was doing well, but. Uh, the Roosters, 800 Ks are dropping the water to them. They'll find a way to hide some of that. So, uh, I don't think they'll be too hard up in that situation. And he's, you know, an upgrade as far as age is concerned to a Michael Gordon-like character. But, um, yeah, the, the old Roosters, they'll find a way to brown bag some of that. That, that wasn't a remote or just through either. No. Nah. Um, yeah, look, I... Uh, do I think the Roosters can afford it? Yes. Do I think he's worth it? No. I don't think he's worth 800. It won't be on the cap, though. Come on, we're talking about... Salary sombrero. Again, third yeah, parties. Look, I, don't, I don't know. Third I'd, parties at some. I'd clubs. much rather if I'm the Roosters, I'd much rather pay Tedesco 1.2 than pay Dugan 800. Put it that way. Mm. And again, third parties coming to that, so that you'd think they'd be paying more around 900 for Tedesco if they uh, set things up the way they usually do. Mm. That's it, boys. That's it for the night. That's the gossip done. All right, beautiful. Well, tips last week. Uh, we all didn't do too bad, but I was filthy on the Tigers because it was going to get me two extra points for the week and then they blew it and they blew my uh, Mitchell Moses. Well, you're filthy on the Tigers. Imagine yeah. how I feel about the Titans, my friend. Try win. They were one kick away. Just Mate. just, just kick it down the field, Kane. Try get charged down. Try a win combo on Moses as well after I'd got the Milano on the day Silly, before. I said that to you. He Silly. scored, but they didn't win, so, you know. You should have just backed him to score. You win that. some, you lose some, but uh, I got six, you both got five, so Brock is now on, on, on 31. I'm on 32, Gossip on 32. So a little bit of distribution going on Titans, here. Titans, you've let me down. Yeah, well, there you go. And South let me down. And so if Titans, Titans win, Gossip's on 33, I'm on 32. Things have just... See what you've done to me, Kane Eldry? <laughs> <laughs> so many people to blame here. But look at the tips, starting things off Friday night. Canberra versus Manly. Uh, Lloyd Perrett is out. And they've got Martin Tapau back in on the Canberra side. It's the exact same lineup with a few extras included. Uh, I've got no qualm in tipping Canberra. They're the better side. They're going to keep getting better, and it is also down in Canberra. Canberra. Gossip, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, look, I'm going to go the Raiders. I can't believe I tipped the Warriors last week, although they did, <laughs> they, I know, they did look good up to halftime, then it just fell into a heap. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go the Raiders this week and watch them lose. Well, the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And for this game, they have the Raiders $1.23 favourites, $4.25 for Manly. Minus 12 is the line. 1-12 to 12 Raiders, $3.550 Manly. 13 plus Canberra, $1.95, $13. I think the line's a bit Manly. Rude. Line's a bit rude. They, they push don't. Melbourne. I back 13 plus and I think they'll hammer them. Okay. That's my opinion, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But down in Canberra, and I think they're warming up. Um... See what happens. I think Melbourne... And it's a, well, it's a 6 o'clock game. I was going to say it's a rare Friday night game for Cam, 
Canberians down there, but yeah. uh, no, not a Channel 9 game. No, not a Channel 9 game. Second Friday game, South versus the Broncos. Uh, as far as changes are concerned, Sam Burgess pleaded not guilty. With what we've seen already, that's just stupid. You'd think he'd be <laughs> getting a two-week holiday if Tamalola and these other blokes got one. Uh, extended squad, otherwise they're unchanged. On the flip side, Tavita Pengai out. Uh, off and Gowie, probably the most likely to come in there. He's named on the bench. The only other one would be George Fyre to debut to take his spot, but otherwise Brisbane are the same. I'm going to go to the Broncos simply because Sam Burgess has to get suspended if Tamalo and these other guys did. With him missing, I think they'll struggle. Broncos, I agree. Yeah, Broncos too classy for me. And that's all around Broncos and the bookies are great. William Hill, a dollar thirty-eight, three dollars ten for South. Minus seven and a half is the line. One to twelve Broncos, three dollars for twenty Rabbitohs. Thirteen plus Broncos, two fifty nine dollars for the Rabbitohs. Moving on to Saturday, Super Saturday, first game. It is the Battle of the West. It's the Eels and the Panthers. Kenny Edwards returns after a long-awaited stint. He is on the bench uh, as far as the Panthers, unchanged, but in their extended squad, Bryce Cartwright is there. So you'd think he may come back into calculations. And if Tim Brown plays over Villiar Macacau again, I'll jump out in front of a truck. That's just <laughs> my opinion. I have no idea how they don't pick Cacao and they've just re-signed him and we know what Tim Brown is, but hey, that's just my opinion. Even Harawira Naira was, for me, it was hard to Yeah, 100%. He's been one of their better players since he's come in and yeah. all of a sudden he's out of the squad. And Hiku, wingers on the bench, Anthony Griffin, seriously, if you're sitting in your office right now, I hope you're shadowboxing in a singlet because I will be if you pick another winger on the bench. Oh, he'll do right. it. My God, but I'm going the Panthers. You all said last week, last chance oh. saloon, but that was against the Sharks, and I was right. The Sharks dusted them. Parramatta were ordinary. Their edge defense still isn't that great. Their middle got exposed a couple of times by the Tigers. Penrith, hard nut win oh. this week. I'm on the Panthers. Oh, Jesus, how do you tip this game? I'll tip Penrith, but with zero confidence, and basically through what you said, I think yesterday's game was a stink bowl. The Tigers and the Eagles, it was just the best of a bad bunch, so... I'm just going to back that the Panthers uh, have better form and they've just played better opposition over the last few weeks. Yeah, boys, I'm going para. Uh, oh. Look, both, both teams stunk on the weekend, but I thought the Panthers stunk even more. Defence, again, terrible. Jeez. Attack going sideways. Um, Kick yeah, the rope away from Gossett this week. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't see Panthers improving, but uh, who knows? The bounce back factor, who knows? Yeah, well, I've gone all in on that one, but fair enough. And that's coming from a true Panther fan. But the bookies at William Hill have Penrith the favourite at $1.65, 227 para, minus 2.5 is the line. Yeah, not bad. 1 to 12 Panthers, $3, 340 for the Eels. 13 plus Panthers, 350 and 550 Yeah, but 227 two means there's been money for para. So yeah, already. clearly the line's already dragged in a Gosselin's little bit. had a gorilla on it. <laughs> he knew about it beforehand. Yeah. Shadow, yeah. shadow boxing. Shadow. <laughs> uh, the second game, it is the Cowboys who have struggled the last few weeks, but, uh, you know, fighting, fighting still. They get a couple of players back. Winnerstein is back into the squad. Jarvis Bowen's back in to the squad, so Giddy Geller Mosby finds his way out. Um, there's an extended squad there of a couple of players, but no one really significant. Newcastle, basically unchanged, except Joe Wardle is out with an injury. They've been tough every week, and it always pains me because they deserve a win, but I'm going to be sticking with the Cowboys purely on the middle. I think Town will run right on the Newcastle Knights. I'm going to tip the Knights. Boom. Yeah, I'm going to tip Newcastle. I think uh, they're just playing better footy than the Cowboys at the moment. I, Cowboys were getting murdered by... Uh, by the, uh, the Dragons last week until they had a little power nap and then the week before they got beat by the Tigers so at home so I don't think home field advantage means a lot up there this year I think Newcastle played tough they'll 
you know, they'll, they'll complete. To me, North Queensland have got a lot of errors in them and I don't like their hooker and I don't like the form that Michael Morgan's in. I think Callum Ponga's got a lot of dumb plays in him at the moment, so I'm happy to tip uh, the Knights. Yep, fair enough. Kyle Felt, isn't he a dope? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 leads, he leads the comp and errors with 17 this early on in the comp. Absolute goose. He makes SKD look like a world beater. <laughs> 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 I can't see the Cowboys uh, and Felt's in the side. I'm going the Knights. Yeah. That's the best. Every, every week there's going to be someone that you target. This week it's Kyle Phillips. So wherever you are, Kyle, I hope you're feeling good about yourself. And that's why people say wingers are just football, are friends with footballers. You can't make seven and errors, seriously. Sort it out. But with WilliamHill.com, the Cowboys are heavy favourites. $1.35, dollar thirty-five, Newcastle, so a bit of value there for you boys. Minus eight and a half is the line. One to twelve cows, three oh five, four fifty. Newcastle, thirteen plus cows, two thirty and eight fifty for the Knights and then the one that we all look forward to the Titans playing the Sharks just to get Brock's reaction the Sharkies they are unchanged they've got their extended squad there on the flip side Max King out in the extended squad Jared Hayne Conrad Harrell Kevin Proctor so basically stuffing around as usual you know that probably at least two of those blokes are going to be back in so uh, regardless of that I can't tip the Titans I don't care who you get back I think Hayne comes in Ruins everything again, um, and he'll take the option and somehow ruin things moving forward. But I'll stick with the Sharks. I'll tip the Sharks. At the if prison. Hain, if Hayne plays, we're no chance. If Hayne doesn't play, we're a chance. Prison, mate. Yeah, I can't, I can't tip the Titans. They haven't been playing poorly, but the, the Sharks are just a good defensive outstanding And you guys picked Dan Sargentson again, so that's another reason I'm definitely not tipping your he, You talk about players that suck. He sucks. Well, <laughs> I said it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The Pommy Fords come over here and do oh a good Lord. job. He does the same catch and skip across bullshit and gets hammered every time. The outside backs, though, everyone that comes here. Sam Tompkins, I love bringing it up, and I hammered him when he first moved here, and I'll do it again. You're not better than Billy Slater, and what are you doing now, Sam? What are you doing now? Well, I think he's not doing a lot. Yeah, exactly. He's doing nothing. Doing absolutely looking like a pasty jerk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> With WilliamHill.com, the Sharks heavy favourites at the prison, Southern Cross Stadium, a dollar twenty-eight, three seventy-five. The Titans minus ten is the line. Sharks one to twelve is three dollars, four seventy-five. Titans thirteen plus. Sharks two twenty, ten dollars. Titans. Moving on, the only Sunday game is the Tigers and the Dogs. A bit weird this weekend with the Anzac Day setup. Uh, but Jamal Idris is out, so Michael Cheekham takes his spot in the centres. The Bulldogs unchanged, and David Clemmer comes back with what I saw last week, the way they fell away. Their bench hurts them. They just can't go for 80 minutes. It's too hard to tip the Tigers. I'll go to the Dogs. I can't tip the Tigers because I thought Jamal Idris was almost their best player. He defended outstanding on the weekend. Big, chunky fellow. He was uh, he was good, but his old hamstring went kaput. Boom. Carrying a lot of weight around. But, uh, yeah, I'll tip the Dogs, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers win. Yeah, I can't get a, a handle on the Tigers. They're good one week, ordinary the next. Uh, Bulldogs are a little bit more consistent, but still playing boring ass footy. I'll, I'll tip the dogs. Yeah, they're not fun to watch, but they are the favourites with William Hill. A dollar fifty-five are the dogs. Two forty-eight for the Tigers. Minus four and a half the line. One to twelve dogs. Three dollars. Three seventy-five Tigers. Thirteen plus dogs. Three dollars. Six fifty for the Tigers. The cracker games. They usually are the Anzac Day clashes. The traditional one of all. It is the Roosters. Versus the Dragons, looking at this one, Ryan Madison obviously out, got injured last week, but Tokiaho came back into the fold. Uh, Dylan Napa and Latrell Mitchell both part of an extended squad there, so possibilities to be late inclusions. On the flip side, the Dragons, they are unchanged. 
And uh, the guys on the fringe of the squad in good form from what I've seen. Milne, Luciano Leilua and Blake Laurie, a bloke they've got big raps on and I've heard from a few people, been playing very well in New South Wales Cup. They're looking to extend him at the moment. Um, this pains me because basically every week I've still gone against the Dragons and the way they've been playing, it makes me want to tip them and the Roosters have still been up and down, but I'm going to go the Roosters again. Um, just more out of faith than anything and I, every time I defy the Dragons, they seem to win and they keep doing it, but they've got to fall at some point and I'm going to go the Roosters. Yeah, well, I'll tip the Roosters. I'm... Happy to be on the Roosters. Till I see the Dragons beat a good side, or, yeah, I'm happy. To, well, not a good side, but beat one of these top sides. Well, they beat the Sharks and they beat Penrith early yeah, on. I know you can look at the now. Sharks was round two, I think it was, or round three, and it was yeah, drizzly old night. And the Sharks, I think the Sharks looked that interested, to be honest, for the first month. But yeah, look, don't get me wrong. I think St George are a top eight side. Yeah, I just think the Roosters probably got more points in them, but. The Dragons always seem to really turn this into a gritty, bash-up game. They do. And, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Dragons won. I'm just saying I'm happy to be on the Roosters and the Dragons, that's all. Yep. Mm. Dragons have got a good record. I think they're going for three in a row with their Anzac Daddy games. But um, like you boys, I'm going to tip the Roosters as well. I was a bit worried about the Dragons that last 20 minutes against the Cowboys. Um, I know it might have been a power nap, as you alluded to before, but um, maybe we're seeing... A bit of 2016 creeping into them, but um, I'm going to go to the Roosters. I think they're just a little bit too much classy. Let's look for an SKD moment. They're oh, the best. Well, I think the Roosters are also they're dying for uh, they're dying for a big game. I think they've been sort of pl- plodding along. They're dying for this game. I think. Well, I hope you they have an eye on this for the last couple of weeks. This is a massive day. It's, it's huge in general for huge you know, game. It's always a massive game, so they need to put an 80 minute performance together and. If you're a Dragons fan, you get good value this week with William Hill. They're the Outsiders. They've been Outsiders a few times this year. $2.27, $1.65 are the Roosters. Minus 3.5 is the line. 1-12 Roosters, $3.360 Dragons. 13-plus Roosters, $3.20, $6 the Dragons. And the other game, it is the Storm versus the Warriors. Warriors generally give them grief down there. I think Melbourne, though, have had the best of this encounter the last few times from my, my recollection, but... Looking at things, uh, there is no changes to the Melbourne side. Just a couple of guys on the extended squad. And on the flip side of that, for the Warriors, exactly the same. No changes, just the four extra blokes. And Ben Madalino, uh, an inclusion there. So maybe a late change there with him coming in. Well needed, because they definitely need an extra prop. Uh, it's in Melbourne. I'm going Melbourne. I know the Warriors usually give them some grief. This always worries me, but... Uh, I'll stick with the Storm. I'm going to say Storm 13+. plus. I can feel wow. a can of whoop-ass opening this week. Did you see Bellamy and Smith after the game on the weekend? It doesn't surprise they me. They were absolutely livid. Smith apparently blew his gasket at half-time. Good. I think they've had a, they're going to have had a, a, what, a long turnaround, a hard week at training, and New Zealand, it's just unfortunate you've got to face the Storm this week because I think they would have dusted most sides. Yeah, I think I'm going to say similar to last year. I'm pretty sure Storm beat. Uh, beat them by about 42 zip or something. Matthew's scoreline last year at the end of that game, from memory? Yeah, well, I think uh, the last couple, uh, they've been quite comfortable. I, I think maybe three in a row, or at least four in a row now. Uh, the last close yeah. one, I think me and Brock attended, and it was close for most of the game, and Melbourne stole it near the end. But mm. um, Yeah, I can remember maybe one or two of the last couple getting a bit out of hand. Well, I'd had about yeah, 18, sure. 18 schooners last year by the time this game was on, so I'm yeah. not going to try and say that anything that happened. Uh, well... Storm all round for all of us, and the bookies at William Hill agree. A dollar twenty-eight for the Storm, three seventy-five the Warriors. Minus ten is the line. Storm one to twelve to ninety-four fifty for the Warriors. Thirteen plus Storm two twenty, eleven dollars for the Warriors. But looking at the tips, not too many different. Only two games. I'm on the Cowboys. 
on my lonesome, you're both on Newcastle. And Gossip, you've gone the Eels on your own and we're on the Panthers. So maybe one or two point movement this week, but not a whole lot. A big thank you to WilliamHill.com for providing the odds for our tips and for the Gossip section of the show. And a big thank you to you, Gossip, as always, for your dirt. Hopefully the pennies can get the job done this week. And uh, He's off to take his kids to the movies. What are you going to see, big dog? Oh, he's going to see Batman, Lego Batman or something. They love the, the PlayStation games, so I'll have to see the movies. So. Right, Beautiful. Enjoy, yeah. mate. Being a parent. Yeah, love your work. Yeah, sit there and hopefully the Panthers can get up this week. Just a tip, any Panthers players, if you're listening, move off your goal line if you're defending your goal line. <laughs> 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 uh, a game of foosball where you just slide. Yeah. Like, get off your line. I love fans. Fans are so angry. It's excellent. The best. <laughs> <Yeah>. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Oh, well, fingers crossed. Uh, enjoy your weekend, champion, and hopefully the pennies get the job done. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your Anzac Day. See you, you too, mate. And that's us for another week here on the fifth and last. Thank you very much for all your fan questions. And as I said before, if we didn't answer them on the show, we'll do our best to answer them on Twitter or on Facebook. We hope everyone had a fantastic Easter weekend with friends and family and stayed safe. You have another long weekend coming up this weekend and some more football action with the Anzac Day Clash. Make sure you pay your respects. Get out to a dawn service if you can and enjoy the rugby league. We'll put up power rankings for everybody. And just remember, we love all our listeners. We love the support. Love any feedback. Constructive, good, bad, in between. We like it all. Don't be afraid to tell us what you think of the show. And if you're on iTunes, please go on there. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Help us improve. Help us attract more people to the show and more sponsors. The more love we get, the more things improve, the more things grow, the more effort we can put into the show, and the better things get. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.